Yeah, so this is, uh, this is episode 11. Episode 11. Gosh, man, we're getting up there. Yeah. We're getting up there in age. XI, if we were using um, mm, Roman, Roman numerals. The Roman numerals. Yes. If we were doing it like the Romans. Um, vomitoriums. <laughs> vomitoriums? Yeah, they have those. I didn't know that. Yep. Tell me about vomitoriums. Uh, it, it was a place where you go, you could vomit. In a world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! We're coming for you, Rosetta Stone. We're challenging you for number We're coming for the gold. Oh man, welcome to another episode of the Cinemasters of the Universe. I am one of your hosts, Ron Avis. I am the other host, Adam Peterson. And together, we are... What? I'll tell you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And together, we are... <laughs> That's what it was. It was Rad Dads. Do we have to pay money for that? Nope. Okay. Called it. <laughs> you can't. You can't do anything, Keanu. I Alex called it winner. before you sent us anything. So Keanu would never do that. Though. No. Like I would think that Keanu's like such a cool, nice guy. He would just say, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead and use the ra- uh, like, the the wild stallions do for it, your man. little podcast. Do it. Alex Winter, on the other hand, he would that curly headed. <laughs> he would take every penny we have. He will. He's gonna lawyer up that guy. That's why he's an esquire. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows the laws. You don't get to be an esquire by giving away free cheese. He knows the laws. Those are the laws, man. He's good with laws. Uh, no, Thermodynamics. We, we got a pretty good show lined up for number 11, which is of the James Bond catalog. Moonraker. Raker. Ra- Moonraker. <laughs> that was a Ben Affleck movie. Oh, man. You know, it was just some R. Kelly earlier. Not not Ra- related. That was a woo. <laughs> Didn't skip a beat there. Did you I say mean, rape? Oh, R. Kelly. Did That's you say right. rape? Can we get some ignition remix? <clears throat> what? Who is it? Is it? Uh, uh, oh gosh, the guy from uh, SNL who Horatio um, Sands, the other guy from SNL, the one Billy who Crystal. Was, oh my god, Gilbert Godfrey. Okay, yet another guy. The guy who you know was dating Garrett uh, Morris. Oh my god, yes, he's okay. the one. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's one of the cast members, man. Jesus Christ. It was the one that was dating, uh, not Selena Gomez. Was it Selena Gomez? No. Young. Scarlett Johansson? No, no, That's no. Colin she's she's kind of old now, man. She's, she's not a young Scarlett anymore. She's dating Colin Jost from Sarah Life. The guy who said Keith Queef in one of the most recent SNL sketches about the earthquake. Like, <sighs> where they would rename. They yes. would get their names changed. I don't know why I can't think of his name. This is a bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> Horse shit. <laughs> this is horse shit to coin Adam's phrase. Yes, I prefer that is one. Is that what you say? Would you say I coined your phrase? Yes. No, you coined the phrase and I'm using it. You could say coined that phrase and it could be a double entendre. You're like, ah, you coined that phrase. And you, you can do, you mean, could do like a wink. That's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to let this go. Now, I've had three shots. So it's like, all right. Admittedly. I'm going to follow you all the way there. <laughs> You're all the way there. Over the edge. All the way over. Follow me over the We're edge. We're doing man. a Thelma Louise right out the gates. Oh, you're gonna you're just seeing my madness under yeah, like my brain fine. go. 
Uh, okay, no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking young Hollywood starlets. And she, oh, no, no, wait. Ariana Grande. Ariana oh, Grande. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Oh, yeah. See, I was like saying David Peterson. Yes, which is a different guy, <laughs> but a similar name. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Pete Davidson had a really funny bit on SNL where he'd say, you know what? It's okay if you want to like listen to Michael Jackson or R. Kelly, but if you do, you have to donate a dollar to you know a charity yep. that you know takes care of kids. Yep. And then you know it's like guilt-free listening, because I still want to listen to Pretty Young Thing by Michael Jackson. I don't want to have to think about the Netflix special. Yeah, exactly. I started watching that by the way, and I quit. You probably. I, was, I yeah. love Michael Jackson's music so much. I had yeah. to quit. It's the worst reason in the world. Just watch uh, Moonwalker instead. Moonwalker, uh, great film, you, solid film. Raping my eyeballs. I own situation. that movie on Blu-ray. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. And I'm sure it's some sort of European model-like version. My children, my children, Carl edition. My children enjoyed it. Okay, so Michael Jackson will be your pal. After all of that, yes, rigmarole. Yep. We're going back to the top of the episode. Top of the episode. Bringing you back down. Reeling it back in. Because you said something, and then I said about R. Kelly and then yep. raping, and then I was talking about Pete Davidson. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. It's going to take me a minute. I'm going to Columba this thing. <laughs> Peter Falk. Peter Falk for you, everybody who was yelling out at their Yes, yeah, Peter Falk. It's Peter Falk, dumbass. I didn't even say. I didn't even say it for a change. Like, who's that guy with the... You know, excuse me, you know, with the, with the eye. With the eye. No, no, so at the top of the show, we're going to be concluding Rad Dads. Which Rad we Dads. Picked up from. Excellent. There it is. We're picking up from the end of last episode, and I will be talking about Batman 89, and you're talking about again? Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Previously on Cinemasters. <laughs> I wish I had a cool radio guy voice. I Instead, wish I didn't you're have stuck a, with this. I have a face for radio. Is what I don't say. have a I don't have a face for radio or a voice for radio. I suck. You could go on the radio. If I, I if I was on the radio, I'd have you on the radio. Okay, thanks, man. Yep. As pity, as pity. No. Make because a you would know the text. Like up, one of those omes. Like if they if they <laughs> they're like, all right, you can do a radio show, and I looked at all the text stuff. I was like, uh, I can't do a radio show because I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Oh. Okay. What is okay. what does this lever do? So you would have me on the radio just so that I could handle the you, lever. You have, a, you have a technical handle expertise. Handle your lever. <laughs> that's, another, that's another double on Tundra. Double on Tundra. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, so yeah, you're doing Monster Squad, which yeah. is the, the 80s classic Monster Squad, of course. One of the better movies of the 80s, I would say. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And then we're going to have... Uh, we're Okay, so... Previously, we were calling our middle segment kind of the main segment, the main event, with Michael Buffer and all the good stuff. But, you know, Michael Buffer has not been cooperating with the theme music in the last couple episodes. It's all Mitch's fault, obviously. Hey, Mitch. The hell, Mitch? I blame Mitch. Yeah, we all blame. Blame Mitch, right? <clears throat> Write your angry letters to Mitch. Send them to Mitch. Send angry postcards to Mitch. <laughs> Send your bombs to Mitch. Yep. <laughs> if you're a Unabomber. At the bottom of the screen here, you will see his home address. Care of my shed yes. to Mitch's apartment, which yep. is also a shed. That's a shed. <laughs> He's got two sheds. It's a luxurious shed, though. It is. Yeah. Roomy. Yeah, very roomy. Lots of elbow room in that. Yes. Lots of place to cook up meth. Exactly. Yeah. But we never do. <laughs> no, of course not. Never. 
We need some blue dye. I got to pick up some blue dye. I got a bunch of Sudafed in my truck. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Meth jokes. Meth jokes. We're not above them. Meth jokes. I like this. I think we need to keep this running the entire time. <laughs> I will just run that into the we ground. Will. Forever right. and ever and ever. Babe, wait. Babe. Oh, babe, wait. She did it. Babe, you done did it, man. Babe, done did it. Babe, wait, babe, no. Babe, no. Babe, no. Babe. 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 Oh, we're going to get it again. Well, we almost got a second turn. <laughs> we're going to get back-to-back -back babe nose. So we're getting that out of the way early. We're right like up. not even 15 minutes into right the show, front. and you got babe, wait, no. We've so covered we're... a lot of material in the first 15. We really have. A lot of material I'd like to forget, and to be honest... 85% of that shit's getting cut. Probably. So this that was probably more like two minutes in the <coughs> These or last not. 15 minutes or feel not. like Maybe two. Maybe I'll just leave it all in there. Just let, let it all, all hang the out. ugly blemishes. Let all, I mean, I'm not going to filter this thing. We're like Alicia Keys. No makeup. No makeup. No. We're not going to have any cute puppy dog filters. Nope. We're just going to just warts and all, man. Yep. You're going to see a... all the wrinkles, all the all the blemishes. This is a real beard. Yeah. Not a filter. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I, I, if it was a filter, I would choose a different beard. Would you have like little birds having yes. your beard? That would be awesome. Very cute. A small family of birds. But my point is, yes. main event is no longer called main event. Not going to do it. Now it's going to be called the feature presentation yeah. because it's more movie related. It does make much it more makes sense. It makes a lot more sense than to call it that. And it only, it only took it us 10 episodes <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> we give it We're so much thought. We are on the ball. We just love Michael Buffer that much. We do. So let's just do a main event for one last, one last time. time. For those people who are going to miss it and they want to see white guys dancing. Yep. Let's get ready to rumble! Okay. That's enough of that. Yeah, that's that's more than enough. Did you like my Janet Jackson? I did. I like that. I saw oh, it. I was... Framing my face. You were. Framing it. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, the new segment's going to be called Feature Presentation. And this episode, we're going to be doing uh, 10 great remakes, reimaginings, or reboots. Reboot. So, the three R's of cinema. Yes. Different than reading, writing, and arithmetic, of which only one is an R. One will get you one one will help you get into college, the other will help you get a job at the non-existent blockbuster video. Yes. <laughs> it always kind of bothered me that there's like the three remember the three R's reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's like remakes, reboots, and reimaginings. Yep. So but we, we, we are gonna have one caveat. And I had to we I had to do it. I had I to. had to go ahead and say no, no superhero movies. Because there have been a number of reboots in the superheroes, particularly on the Warner Brothers side. We're looking at you, Warner Brothers, and Sony. None, none of them would have made my list on the Warner Brothers side. Uh, oh, I sure one of them could. One of them, them could. could. I know. Them could. I know which one you're talking about, yeah, and it wouldn't have. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. But you know, yeah. So <coughs> none of that. Marvel has yet to have to reboot anything. They don't have to because, well, I guess it's not because I I would have picked the Punisher. Because they've they have rebooted the Punisher. They've rebooted the Punisher a couple of times. Three, they've rebooted it twice. Yeah, and 
Would you count Fantastic Four? Yes, they they rebooted Fantastic Four, but that's not Marvel. But and that's Fox. And it would it wouldn't and, have made and my the list. The X Men have been reimagined and yes. rebooted a couple. Well, not reimagined, but rebooted. Oh, you got to get all this straightened out, man. There's We're allowing reimaginings and remakes and reboots as long as it's not a superhero movie. Yep. Got it, everybody. Everybody on on par with us. Yes, I think Good. so. Good. Are you with us? Are you with us? Let us know. Shake your head. Yes. We'll wait. Are. Yeah, we'll wait. Just send an email. Let us know. I'm going to wait until all the emails come rolling in. All 22 of them. We're waiting for your confirmation. Why am I looking at my wrist when there's no watch on it? Like I do have a watch, but I can't <laughs> tell time. So Can you check your email from doesn't it? doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, it doesn't mean anything it's to me. pure f- a fashion. It's a fashion statement. It's a fashion statement. There's not been a battery in that for six years. Nope. And if you're just listening, then you don't have to look at any of the nonsense we're like talking about. Nope. Right now. <sighs> We should just do audio only because we could just get away with everything. We could do a lot. I look so handsome right now. Think of, do you know how many push-ups I could do if we were audio only? <laughs> a lot. Adam, you got to stop doing push-ups. Yep. We're into the feature presentation. Oh, why am I always so working good. out when we're doing this podcast? Always sculpting your pecs it's and your and your and your gluteus del- delts. Your delts. That's the thing, right? Delts. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's. I think I've heard someone the say deltas? that once. Del- the, the Delta, the Delta Burks. <laughs> Quit working your Delta Burks. Pay attention <laughs> to the podcast. Sugar makers. You're wasting everyone's time, and I'm wasting a lot of time it's going right. through the top of this show. This is good. I'm the one who's got to edit this. Why am I yeah. doing this to myself? You I'll go just, on forever. You can just record and then head on home. You know. I'll see you later. Do your thing. My part's done. <laughs> In I the can, it. as they I say. I love doing it for everyone and me. I yep. do it for me mostly. And if you guys are on board with me, then that's cool. You're a philanthropist in that way. I am, because I don't make any money and I don't give any money away. No, it's your time. Which well, is I'm donating. Pres- that's why I'm a philanthropist. It's a, yes, it's see, a precious resource. Ron is learning what philanthropist mm-hmm. means. This is an educational yep. type podcast. That one for, was for you, Akbar. Learned scholars. Learned scholars. Yep. This is a house of learned doctors. <laughs> and to finish up, we like to bring new uh, segments into the fold. Yep. Uh, we're going to do a new one. Uh, do we have a name yet? Um, we uh, we could copy that one board game. Mm-hmm. They, I'm for cause, that. Because they had that board game that was about movie trivia that came out a few years ago. Seen it? Seen it. But spelled S C E N E, like a like a scene in a movie. No, but should we call it S E E N? Like, don't bother. Like, seen it. Cute. Seen it. Seen it. It's just called seen it. No, we're we're introducing a trivia trivia segment, and we're gonna quiz each other. We're gonna see who the true cinemaster is between the two of us, and it's something you guys can play along with at home. We could we could do since we were talking about William Smith. Um, he had that one movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm. We could call it The Pursuit of Trivialness. Mm. Ooh, yes, yes, we could. We could. We'll toy around with it. We're going to toy around with it. Uh, I'm going to have to dub in like all this nonsense once we come up with the la- name. But when we come back for episode 12, we're going to have a name for you We'll guys. be slightly we prepared. We promise. I solemnly swear we will have a, ne- a name for the segment. I mostly solemnly swear. We're busy guys. We got man. a lot of stuff going on. You know, we're we're constantly work at the marshmallow factory. The marshmallow factory. You know, we're working out. We're slaving away at the marshmallow factory. You know, putting the marshmallows in the bags, putting the bags in a box, and putting the box in the truck. Yep. For you. But it's still done it by hand. It upsets me, man. It upsets me. Twenty nineteen. Still done by hand. They want me to do all that, and they want us to come up with segment names. Like we're not and made of segment names, you guys. No. 
and they want us to use gloves. And, I just, and wash our hands. No. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm not washing What is hands. this? OSHA? <laughs> no. I'm a C rating guy. You look at me, C minus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cleanliness. But uh, when you're making marshmallows and packaging them out of the back of a van, there's not facilities there for I'm you gonna to. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. What are you going to yep. do? What are you going to do? I might handle dead birds on the regular. <laughs> For science so, yeah, experiments. We're going to start out, we're, we're going to have a little game, we're going to play along. It's trivia, 10 questions a piece. Uh, I'm thinking maybe we'll do a mixture of multiple choice. We'll mix uh, it up. You know, but we're going to mix it up. We're going we're gonna to lay out the rules. We're going to make it guys. exciting. We're going to get Mitch on that right away. Mitch is going to, he's asleep. Yep. He's asleep. Well, passed out. <laughs> Six of one, half a dozen of another. Maybe we'll go throw a blanket on him. Maybe we'll, we won't. Maybe we'll strip him naked, cover him honey, and leave him in the woods. That's it. Who that's, knows? That's the kind of guys we are. High yep. five. All right. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started with the show. Moonraker yep. is well underway. Yes. And uh, we're going to get started with a fun little, probably, maybe my, maybe our most popular segment, to be honest. A lot of people have commented to me, like, we're, we're kind of known for rad dads. No one has commented to me. No one has commented to me. But you. that's okay. Just Not a lot of people it. talk to me. Just to stop it. It's yeah. that Alex Winter, I tell you. Yeah. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. I count that as a fan. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Cease and desist. No. <laughs> You're welcome. No. So, yeah, we're doing rad dads. <laughs> Actual <Excellent>. rad dads. <laughs> now... Should I go first or you, should you go first? You, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on this one because you were really excited about doing this. So this yeah. is all you. Okay, so I chose Rad Dads, or what I chose for Rad Dads was Batman 89. Uh, it just had its 30-year anniversary uh, right around the time that we finished up the last episode. Yep. And so, you know, it's been about three weeks since that anniversary. And uh, I had a nice, sweet 4K version of uh, Batman that I just picked up. And I said, great. We're gonna watch. I'm gonna sit the family down. We're gonna pop some popcorn, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna just get nuts. You wanna get nuts? We're gonna get. Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts, and watch a little Batman. But uh, as sometimes it happens to be, Laura, my wife, my wife, she said maybe this is a little bit too intense for Allison. So what I ended up doing, pulled an audible, still doing Batman, but it was just Logan and myself. That's okay. And, you know, to be honest, it was probably a little mature even for him. When Batman 89 came out, just to let you guys know how old I am, I'm not, you know what, I'm gonna, it came out in 89, and I was 13, I guess? I was 12. I was in the sweet spot, man. I was six. Oh, God. Damn millennial. But I was mature. You were a mature six, for sure. I really hate saying mature that way. Mm. I was mature for my age. It's like schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Mature. You take your mature and shove That's it up your ass. Mature. <coughs> no, so yeah, it was. I was. It was right in my wheelhouse. Uh, there, I, it blew my mind. And uh, Logan, he dug it. He liked it. You know. But here's the thing. He didn't love it. It didn't blow his mind because he's seen Spider-Man: Far From Home. He comes from Avengers: Endgame. He's seen Thor: Ragnarok. He's seen Guardians of the Galaxy. He's got a very different palette. Batman 89 isn't shit to him. It's okay. It's like something you'd catch, you know, it's it's a made-for-TV movie. Hey, isn't that the vulture from Spider-Man? No. No. That's Jack He Nicholson. was Batman. Oh, my God. He was Batman Stop first. It. Just go to bed. 
Just just go play Roblox, please. Let me watch this for the 50,000 Stop time. ruining my life. No, so he liked it okay, but he's kind of coming from a, a, a perspective of privilege and be spoiled, man. He's got the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, even Shazam, you know, like you would throw DC a bone here and there. Like he's seen Shazam and he liked, he really liked Shazam. I liked Shazam. It was fun. And everyone so, knows how much I hate DC. But I, like I know you don't like DC, but you like a couple of Batman movies. I do. Movies. Batman, Batman gets a pass he gets as a, a character. Pass. He could be an honorary MC yep. guy. But instead, I guess what we'll do is let's just talk about Batman 89 from, I'm fine from with our, our perspective. I've actually been, I've just finished watching the Batman animated series. So I've I've got a lot of Batman on my mind. Oh, did you did you did you purchase that? I did. The I Blu-ray. saw that that was for sale. Did you get it on DVD? I got it on Blu-ray. Ooh, you really stepped it up your game, I did. man! Wow. I got I got Mike Tyson mysteries on on standard definition <laughs> standard though. Standard definition, because you're all about standard definition. Standard. Yeah. I like SD, Mike. Baby. I like Mike Tyson standard definition. You need to see that. You need to see that in high definition. Probably. But not. but Batman the animated series is in high definition. <sighs> That is a topic that we may not ever get to because it's car- it's television show. Yeah. Mm. But we could talk about Mask of Phantasm. You never know. That was a movie. And it was a Batman be, animated That could movie. be our end to talk about yep. Batman the Animated Series. So whoosh, let's just zip it there. No, yeah, Batman 89 uh, out of, it came out of nowhere. It was crazy. It was a movie that shouldn't have worked. You know, uh, superhero movies were in a bad place. Uh, you hadn't really had anything since Superman 4. Yeah. With, uh, gosh, I don't know, Nuclear Man or something? I, uh, to be honest, I don't know that I ever actually. If I did see Superman 4, I don't remember it. It's really bad. It's one of those Gull and Globus movies. Yeah. So, you know, it was like they were trying to make a, a blockbuster movie on half the, half the yeah. budget. They had to pay Sylvester Stallone all the monies for Over the Top. The greatest arm wrestling movie of all time. Yeah. Can't wait to do a top five greatest arm wrestling movies episode. I might be teasing. I don't know. Could be coming. Could be coming. Keep watch. Are there many? No. Okay. I'll find them. I'm just going to find every special edition of that. Surely there's like a director's cut. Special oh, edition. It's got to be. It's got to be. I have I hope the Sylvester Stallone collection. So so I don't want it. Uh, no. So, but yeah, superhero movies just really weren't a thing. Batman was more known for Adam West and the campy, silly, fun yep. 60s show. Batman 66. Uh, you didn't have the cartoon because the cartoon was derivative of the, of not, the Batman Returns. Right? Batman yeah, Returns, yep. Yeah. So, you know, here you have, start with the director. You got Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Tim Burton, who was known for Big Top Pee Wee and Beetlejuice, I think. I think those were mainly the two. Yeah. I think he did Frank and Weenie as a short. It was a short, yeah. Yeah, so, but, that, but it wasn't anything anybody had seen, really. No. Other than, like, Disney or something when they hired him. So, yeah, you got Tim Burton, who, I, you know what? I love Beetlejuice. Hot damn, I love me some Beetlejuice. He, yeah. Come out in 88, I guess. I think so. He, uh, he had hit a couple pretty solid, I mean, with Pee Wee, you know, that, that was, I mean, that was a big one financially, you know, there was it a lot was of It was an unexpected hit, I'm sure. <coughs> this is pre-Pee Wee's Playhouse. So yeah. There wasn't, like, this already, you know, pre-made yeah. audience. Pee Wee Herman showed up in little things like Cheech and Chong movies. Yeah. There were, he he had no staying power, and here you come charging out the gates of this weird little movie, <laughs> and yeah, there it is. And, <laughs> I love that, and it worked. And then they yeah. brought it back for Beetlejuice, and that one worked even better. 
So here comes our new Batman, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice, and I, you know, this is pre-era of the internet when you when people could really, you know, like who who's the new Batman that everyone got all upset Robert about? Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So every time we get a new Batman, I feel like we have this discussion. They have already confirmed six villains in this movie. I hope you're kidding. Nope, not even. Oh my God! No! 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 Yep. <laughs> Why six? Penguin, villains? Catwoman. Uh, what is it going to be on Netflix? Riddler is and Two Face. Is it ten episodes? This is, this is a feature film from Warner Brothers. What the hell, man? Yep, Robert Pattinson. It's like Police Academy. They're Sparkly just vampire. In their villains, like left and right. Put them all in there. See Put if that in works. Put them a cop car. Put them all in there and see if it works. <sighs> That makes me so sad. <coughs> anyway, I don't want to think about yeah. that. I don't want to think about. No, we're thinking, I want to think about a time when Batman was actually we're thinking glorious about good Batman. and happy good Batman. and fun and amazing. Vicky Vale, Kim Basinger, Basinger, I don't loved her so hot. Made me feel things. Made me feel a little tingle. The 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 uh, <laughs> the, the that kid from Arliss. That guy. Oh, Robert Wool. Yeah, that guy. He was a funny guy. And who was that other guy who was in that movie with the hotel and the cuckoo's nest? And, uh, uh, and uh, in the movie where he's like riding in a Corvette on Jack, a beach. Jack some Jack, Jack Palance. Jack Palance. Yes. No, he was in the Jack was. Palance actually he was, was in that movie. He really was. No, no, Jack Nicholson, of course. Two Jacks, one Joker. movie. Two Jacks in one movie. Oof. And it worked so incredibly well. Like, first of all, the visuals were amazing. Gotham City just was like a character in itself. It was so dark and, and kind of scary. Yes. And, uh, you know, like, I remember so vividly walking into the movie. That I sometimes talk about movies that kind of give you that chill factor. You know, like, you get the tingles. Not the Kim Basinger tingles from when you were 13, but another kind of tingle. Different tingle. Very few movies gave me the tingles, and this was one of the first. And it, I, I singularly attribute Batman 89 as the movie that made me the cinemaster I am today. I wouldn't be nearly the guy. Like I, I just am crazy about going to the movies. And not not just movies in general, but cinema experience. Yep. Like going to the movies, it felt so amazing. It's a whole thing. It really is. So it was me and my brother and my mom and we showed up on time, but that's late. And I remember the, the previews were just starting, so they already dimmed the lights and they were showing the previews. And there wasn't, it was like they actually had ushers, man, back in the day when they had ushers with flashlights. Yep. I'm old. And so we, you know, we, we walk up to the, we walk to the doors and we're just like, ah, oh, crap, the lights are out already. There's three of us. You know, everybody does that thing where they give themselves buffers, so like there's not really three seats anywhere because everybody's got to be selfish and have their little their little private buffer area. So like nobody's scooching in. I get it, by the way. I kind of do the same thing. I understand. I'm not I'm not singling those people out. No, because I don't like being near other people. I don't. I don't want to touch anybody else's thigh. No. Nope. Depends on the thigh, but you know. So yeah. So the people the... get put off when I do that. <laughs> it depends on who you are. If, if you're really, every time it's happened every right? time every time that I've put my hand what about on that my... blind lady that nice blind lady oh we're not going to talk about okay. that <laughs> no so it, what ended up happening was they ended up splitting us up it was uh, it was like my mom behind me and my brother and they were just it, right when we sat down they got they already started in with that amazing Danny Elfman Batman score that's yes. just one of the best it really is score really put Danny you, Elfman on the map you can know it from like 
the first note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he was known for Oingo Boingo. Yep. But he did do the Beetlejuice score. Yep. And I, he probably had maybe done a few other things. Like, it wasn't like his first ever. But I feel like that's the movie that put him really on the map. So you got that new redesigned Batman logo that, like, you saw on yep. T-shirts. Where it was kind of like, you know, the gold and uh, the black Simmons. Like, everybody had that T-shirt, man. It was amazing. I know, because I was watching something about that. People didn't, I mean, that was, I think people today kind of take that for granted that, you know, you look at that and you just see, instantly see Batman. You think yeah, Batman. Yeah. But when that came out, that was not the case. Yeah, that was new for the movie. That was totally new. And it was, you know, to make that connection was a huge thing. And it did. It did really well in that way. And, you know, the bat signal, all that. I mean, that whole, that one logo oh, that everybody... Oh, wing when it floats <clears throat> up into, into the, moon. the moon. Masterful. Maybe my favorite shot. Yeah. Visually. Visually one of the best Visually shots. Visually one of the best shots. So great. Um, but yeah, so you get that like great. So you're introduced to the Batman logo spinning around. You're kind of weaving in and out, going in through and out. It's it's just amazing. Like here's the new Batman logo. This is Batman from now on. You got the great score, and uh, it, it starts out like really, you know, like boom. It's like it gets going really fast. You get the like, who the, are you? You know, like I'm Batman. The two guys up on the roof. Yeah, the two guys the up purse. on the roof. You know, like Batman's clean house. Uh, you see Michael Keaton for the first time. He looks great in the suit. Uh, you know, here's the thing too. You, they they didn't have to. They didn't really have to go really far to make people forget about Adam West. Yeah. You know, this is a cinematic Batman. You saw in trailers. You got to look at him in magazines, maybe here or there, a few pictures. He looked different. Yeah. But undeniably cooler. Yeah. Than what? I mean, I love Adam West. Don't get me wrong. Like that show was cute and fun, and everybody enjoyed it. But this was something new. This this was like that Batman is gone forever. That it's that Batman, the '60s Batman, is like the the kid that grows up on a Disney show. Yeah. And then when they become like 17 and they want to be taken seriously, so yeah. they take a really dramatic, serious role. They're like, "Whoa, yeah. that kid used to be on a now show." They're, they're about painting surfing. their eyes yeah. with eyeliner and like their fingernails black yep. and stuff. Yeah. So it was a big deal, and uh, the movie was an instant success. Uh, I don't have numbers or anything because it's not really important. But you know, it, it ruled '89. It ruled that summer. Uh, there were there were some other great movies that came out that summer, like Indiana Jones and Last yep. Crusade, um, UHF, <laughs> and some other stuff. Uh, but that it was oh Ghostbusters two. That was a yep. movie that came out right that around within weeks of one another. All these movies. Uh, but Batman was the king, and uh, I remember getting it. It it was one of the first VHS tapes I owned. It was affordable. And that's what a lot of people don't they, they don't understand. Uh, whereas it used to be back in the day, only people could afford tapes for uh, like video stores. Yeah, they were hundred dollars. They were easily hundred you know, dollars. It was not something that was it was at the time of its, you know, uh, inception, it was not really a, a home medium that was widely available to everybody yeah vcrs were used to rent tapes from yeah. the video stores and record your stuff yep. at home that's what they were for and you know slowly gradually i feel like around this era starting here you started seeing more of those tapes like yep. go for on for sale it was like those blockbuster movies if the movie made over 100 million dollars it's going to get sold for like 24.95 yep at target or whatever you know it's just something you're going to get because and, and that's that's one of those things to really know too is that's that's where that market really came from because up until that time that was not a thing you it really was if you wanted to see the movie you would go to the theater and you you might rent it 
Yeah. But it's like the, the idea of owning a movie that you saw at home was kind of a foreign concept. It was like, oh, yeah, you might record it off TV if it aired on there, but you owning a copy of a movie at home, that was like, why, why would I do how? Yeah. What is this witchcraft? It is. It's insane. But, you know, if you didn't, you didn't necessarily have to own it. It, it was nice to have the official art and everything yeah. in the sleeve. But usually, this is usually how it went. We would come out of theaters, like you said. It was out in theaters for a good long time. Not like nowadays where it's like four months. Yeah, three, three, four months. You know, back then in the 80s, it was like a good half year at least, maybe yeah. even longer. Because movies would just stay in theaters longer. Cause it's, and that's, that's how they made most of their money. Yeah, right. And uh, so it would come out on video. You could, you could go rent it. In this case, you could buy it. But the, most people, if they wanted to see a movie over and over again, it was cable. Mm-hmm. HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, Movie Channel, whatever, and then years from there, it you know like your your local channels, like your your networks would pick it up, and then at way after that, you'd get like set Sunday afternoon movies for your local affiliates. So that that's how movies like Die Hard got to be seen a million times. The Golden Child. That's a that's a Sunday afternoon movie right there. <laughs> it is the Golden Child. It really is. It's a very non-offensive anywhere. If you're like, hey, I, I suppose I'll watch this. Don't have to do a whole lot of edits with that, I don't suppose. But Batman I owned, it was that awesome black, it, it was just like this. This is what the VHS tape looked like. It was just exactly that without all of the who's in the movie and everything. Yeah. I remember Words. the promotions were huge. Taco Bell was all over Batman 89. They had the cups with the Batmobile on it. They had the Cinetwists. The debut of the Cinetwists. Yep, that's where they came from. That's where they came from, Batman 89. Thank you, Batman. Thank you, Batman 89. Cinetwists are really good. Um, but yeah, so I remember that. Uh, gosh. T-shirt. The T-shirt, yeah, t-shirt. yeah. Everybody that a, had that T-shirt. Everybody. Everybody had that T-shirt. So many people have that T-shirt. Like, it's retro to have that shirt yeah. on. Like, I bought that T-shirt yeah. semi-recently, you know, thinking like, wow, it's been like 30 years. I'm buying that shirt because everybody had that at middle school and middle school oh, yeah. for you daycare I don't know <laughs> elementary <laughs> elementary uh, I just can't say enough good things so it I, I really wanted Be- uh, Logan to just enjoy it but you know it, it's dark man you know the the Joker Tim Burton Tim Burton is kind of dark and a little bit scary to begin with uh, you know the, Jack Nicholson's Joker is insane that's that's one of the things I think a lot of people um have this uh, like I, I don't take anything away from Heath Ledger's Joker because I think it was a truly amazing performance. Um, really good. Up until that point, the standard was Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And I think um, everybody recognized that it was played really well. Yeah. But I don't think people really truly appreciated just how dark the character was because it fit Jack Jack Nicholson really well. Yeah. But he was genuinely a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, like he would. I mean, like when he killed people at the drop of a hat. And laughed at it. It's like you know you were you were kind of forced in that moment to almost laugh with him. Like oh yeah, that guy just died. But it's like he cared so little about anybody that he would just shoot people, and it was just funny to him. Well, there's that boardroom scene where he like electroshock gets the you know the dude. Yep. He burns. He like burns him up. That's that's kind of scary to a younger child. There there's a scene where he's experimenting with like acid or something on his girlfriend's face, and then she jumps out of a window, and he. You know, you gotta make an omelet. You gotta break a few eggs. That whole scene. Um, just Joker in general is very, you know, just kind of unpredictable yeah. and, and just unhinged, man. Yeah. But fun. He, yeah, that it was. It it was a great way to come out of the gates charging. And, and as I was sitting here thinking about it, like 
you know, the lens that Logan would have watched that through, I, I, I think it is, um, I think it is important to note with this movie, yeah. like when, you know, when I, I, you know, like getting the, the notices, Hey, here's the Marvel movie slated for the next three to five years. And mm -hmm. I'll be excited about that. Yeah. Like that wasn't a thing then. there. It, no. and, and with this, it wasn't like, it Oh, started a thing. <clears throat> there's a Batman movie coming out and everybody just lost their minds. It was like, okay, Batman, what, why would I go see a Batman movie? Yeah. There was so much hype going into that movie. Yeah. In a pre-internet world. Yeah. And this, you, I just don't need, it can't be understated how huge that is. And it, it delivered so well on so many levels. I mean, it really was just a, a phenomenon. Yeah. It was like, holy crap. Because, you know, and as a kid, superheroes being a big part of your, your upbringing, it's like, you know, still not necessarily having that full perspective. Cause, well, you still had like super friends and things yeah. and cartoons. They were, they were present. They were there. I knew who Batman <clears> was. Yeah, this 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 felt so serious. Like they're taking Batman very seriously. Yeah, and to have this world, you know, like as a kid, you you would these these are your heroes. These are the guys that you you interact with. You know, you know, you're playing with your friends. Like I'm going to be Batman, or you know, I'm going to be the you know, I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to be Spider Man. You know, yeah. all these things. And then to this idea of that whole visage changing from the inside of your mind and to the playground to you're watching it on screen. You're like, holy crap. They've spent millions of dollars to make my one of my heroes mm. a movie I could watch. Yeah. And it's like that's I'm thirty six years old and really, still really like, well. Yeah, it's like it oh. holds up insanely yeah. well, really. I mean it does. I mean I mean, yeah, does is it gonna does it stack up against the modern superhero movies from Marvel? Like, no, of course not. But <coughs> does is it embarrassing? No. No. Absolutely not. It's it's still a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh you know, I it it's it's like I don't want to say it's a perfect movie, but it's it's just a joy to watch. <clears throat> I think one of the things that I like because it's probably it's been within the last six months to a year that I think I watched it. Um, now having a deeper appreciation for Tim Burton as well. Yeah. Um, like thinking about the yeah, you just the, recently saw Dumbo. Yes, uh, yeah. loved it. Absolutely yeah, loved it. It's good. It's really um, good. Um, knowing knowing kind of the world that Tim Burton has created over decades, yeah. the balloons and the parade. And how oh those God. how those translate to his other projects that he's done, and yeah. kind of like the you know those subtle nuances and connections he has to other properties. I feel like there are new ways that you can appreciate older projects like this. You know, movie made thirty years ago, yeah, and it still resonates in different new fun ways, and that's just cool. You see the uh, the beginnings, the foundation of Burton. And, and, and yep, there's a reason why Tim Burton still gets to direct a huge movie like Dumbo. Yeah. It's because of Batman, and and it's because of, you know, uh, you know any number of like Tim Burton movies, like e even like Alice in Wonderland was a huge hit. I, I didn't <clears throat> love it, but it was it was fun. It was fine. Well, and to see see him, what I, what I do like too is like with Dumbo that just coming out, and just talking about the Batman franchise. You got Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's Danny I, DeVito, I, of course, being in Returns. Batman Returns. I love seeing that. <clears throat> it was great. I, I I like you know it's it's one of those it's in in a in a in industry and in a world that a lot of times can be you know relationships can make and break so quickly. Is it see. Helena Bonham Carter? Is that who he was? Uh, in? Yeah. Is that his wife? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because she was in a number. She, of, yeah, uh, she was Tim in a bunch Burton of movies, movies in the nineties and two yep. thousands. Uh, <clears throat> she was in Dumbo, but yeah, for a long time she was in there. And there's a I'm gonna have to put it on my what you haven't seen that, but uh, what was the musical that he did with? Um, Oh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah. 
People love that. They did. I thought it was okay, but I, I didn't. Okay. I mean, I didn't, didn't have a you didn't have an appreciation for. <clears> I think a lot of people loved it because they loved the musical sure, and sure. it came it came to life really well. Yeah. I didn't have that background, so I enjoyed yeah. it, but it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I, I enjoyed mean, it on I, the same I, level. I still like Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. It's yeah. kind of like sickeningly. Like, of course, they're together, but they you know, go together they, well. They had good chemistry. They really get each yeah. other. You know, he Tim Burton understands Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp understands Tim Burton. So they make they make movie magic yeah. together. Um, so, you know, it, because of Batman 89, I still get excited when a new Batman movie comes out. I still get excited. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what the new redesigned Batmobile is going to look like. I've never loved a Batmobile like I did the 89 Batmobile. As impractical and crazy as it was, just, just long ass, you know, jet engined. It had to, had to use like a grappling hook to take corners, you know. This is really ridiculous, but man, did it look cool. It was the coolest car there was. It really was. It's up here, right? Behind uh, yeah, yeah, I got the right. Batmobile up over yeah. uh, Adam's uh, left shoulder. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I have many things adorned of Batman 89. It, it's going to always forever be one of my favorite movies of all time. It was fun to share it with Logan. Uh, the Oh, I have to mention the soundtrack too really quick. Prince. Prince. Prince did the whole soundtrack. Uh, Party Man's a fun song. Bat Dance was really cool and popular, and I loved it. Uh, just that whole summer, dude. That whole summer, like on MTV, Batman. Batman. In the theaters, Batman. It was on Batman. Entertainment Weekly, talking about Batman. Batman. <laughs> and it, it took a couple years to get the sequel, and I love Returns. Returns yeah. is, I don't think it gets nearly the love that it, the Nolan movies and the 89 movie in particular, but. I may be wrong about that. I, I feel like now, after that, because it was different. Yeah. It was very different. It was very much this a case where we've talked about this before and, and with other situations like with Mike Myers and Wayne's World too. You, once you get a guy who has complete control, like Batman was a su- phenomenal success. He, Warner Brothers was just, please make another Batman movie. Yeah. So they had to have Tim Burton. And he was going to make it more like a Tim Burton movie. And he got, it, it was it was weird. You know, he got the penguins with, just just the penguin character was yeah. very Tim Burton, you know, and, and just just in general. Paul Rubens played his dad. Yes, yes he did. Pre-scandal or post-scandal? I want to say it was post-scandal. I feel like it may have been post. Yeah, it's like, oh shoot, Smite gave Pee Wee Herman a job. Uh, well, I'll be barely done. recognize him. Yes, it was quick. It was... <laughs> Sir, could you stop making those noises in this theater? That's upsetting me. Can you imagine? Just a dude's trying to like watch his skin flick, you know. There's... Nobody wants to be reminded that there's anyone else in the room. And just off off behind you. Yeah. Off putting. Off putting. I hate to move away from Batman because it's so great and I love it and I'm sure I'll probably find an excuse to talk about it in the future. Uh, One of my favorite superhero movies of all time. One of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite, you know, just branding. Like, you know, it's just one of the best examples of promotional items. Like, it, it I feel like it started all of that. You well, know? and I think I think that's why, like, the news of Robert Pattinson taking over the Batman franchise. Because um, I'll concede this much that Ben Affleck... Ben Affleck did not do any more damage to the Batman franchise than Joel Schumacher did. Oh, God. Um, George Clooney is... Uh, George it wasn't and his fault. George Clooney, I mean, he could have played it better, but he was thrown on the last minute because Val Kilmer dropped out. He was supposed to play Batman again. Um, but Joel Schumacher completely destroyed it. Um, yeah. The, 
I, I, you know, I have to say, hold on a second. I don't know if Joel Schumacher necessarily destroyed as much as Warner Brothers destroyed. Warner Brothers and Joel Schumacher, they put the, they put their hands in tandem and started skipping down the road saying, <laughs> we're going to shit all over Batman. That's what they did. Is that what they did? That is exactly what they okay. did. Okay. Because I've read interviews and listened to, you know, like interviews of Joel Schumacher saying, you know what? I made the movie they asked me to make. Uh, you know, they, I, I didn't have, I had to, you know, they, they, there were toys I had to work in and, you know, it was, I, it was just, I, I made the movie they wanted to make. Like it's, I don't think, I think he's not a Batman fan in general, so he's not going to give it that, he's not going to stand up for the character of Batman. Like hopefully maybe a Matt Reeves will do when he does the Batman. Fingers crossed. Six villains though, for God's sakes. See, I was really hoping they would just do like, well, what is it? So you got the Joker movie coming out with Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Which is, Todd Phillips has confirmed, has nothing to do with anything canon in DC. Okay. Just a totally independent story. But didn't, what, weren't they, when it was pitched, they had mentioned something about it being like the black, DC black or something? Something like that, yeah, I think. Yeah, they had this kind of cool brand that they were throwing <clears throat> around. Like, And I really, that was my hope. I've said it before. Like, I, I think it would be so cool if they could make this. I loved your idea. Small movies, <clears throat> small movies with, with real directors, like make films with villains and then, then work your way up to a Batman movie and then bring in those villains and let Batman take them on. Because well, the villains, all anyone really cares about. <clears throat> well, and because and, um, I've, uh, Keanu Reeves has been, there's been a lot of talk. He's He's been in conversations with Kevin Feige at Marvel um, about his entrance to the MCU. There's Love been it. there's been talk about him joining the DC universe as well in, in mm. some capacity. Interesting. I've heard Deathstroke thrown out there a couple of times, which mm. is kind of weird because they already kind of played Joe Manganiello as that yeah, in Suicide yeah, yeah. Squad. So not no, like that's done now. That's done. That's, that's done. Whatever. They're scraping that um, into the garbage. But so it's not like they couldn't do that. But I liked I liked your idea because a lot of times when we think about these things, because it was like, well, I don't make Keanu Reeves a villain. Because it'll just be a one and done. Because yeah. it's the thing. It's like, oh, you're the villain in this movie. It's like, yeah. I want more Keanu Reeves. But in you know, when you reverse engineer it the way you were saying, make it all the smaller movies about D- DC character villains, Batman yes, villains. That's the focus of the And movie. then you bring them together in a franchise with Batman. And we already have characters established. We can make one big cohesive good movie off of characters we've already built. The inclusion of Batman would have been the Avengers moment. Yep. You know, you Joker could have been the Iron Man. You know, uh, the Riddler could have been your Thor, you know, like uh, somebody else, like Bane could have been your, you know, Captain America, whatever. And then have them all kind of, have them kind of cross paths with one another if you like, that's fine. Have a little continuity, which, you know, nerds love continuity. I love continuity. You love continuity? I I love continuity. continuity. Oh, I just love saying it. I love continents. But but after like four, you know, years, three years, whatever, do one of these a year, then you bring in Batman and then like there's... There's some heft to it, man. It means something. Because there, there's a substantial number of really compelling Batman villains. Oh yeah. That they've never even. Pound for pound, dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar. <laughs> Batman probably has the best villains of I, any franchise superhero. I think the only one that I would attempt to rival with might be Spider-Man. Because he's got, a, he's got a, very good. He's got a good catalog, but yeah, they're those. If if anything, they would be tied for first. Because I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody else comes anywhere close to rivaling no. the number of compelling villains they have. Not just like the number. That's it. Just like no, it's not just a number. They're like good. There's yeah. so many good ones. They're genuinely meaningful, compelling, real characters, real villains. And you got Joker. You got <clears throat> Harley Quinn. You got 
you know, like your Bane, you got your uh, Poison Ivy, you got your... Uh, uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. And Two-Face. Two, Two-Face, yes. Uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. There's so many good. And especially after you've, you've just finished watching all of Batman the Animated Series, all they got to do is just take some of the writing from the Batman the Animated Series make some movies out of that. I mean, those were some pretty good Paul stories. Dini. Does it hold up? It does. Oh, yeah. entirely. Oh, Paul Dini, right, right. He was the guy, right? Yeah, he, he wrote a large number of them and directed a large number of them. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's my that's my pick for Rad Dads. I'm sorry this has gone on a bit long, no. but I, I feel like <coughs> the movie is so important. You know, we, we just had to talk about it, and it deserves it. And Batman is the cornerstone of any cinematic universe, I feel like, because he was the one that really... There were, there were comic book movies that came before him, yep. but Batman 1989 was the foundation for the modern... Yeah superhero movie we have now batman 89 is the reason why studios kept trying yep and it took them a while it did but they kept trying because batman was just so huge just so huge just like julia roberts said in pretty woman huge huge yeah <laughs> i think she was talking about her teeth though because she has huge teeth she does have big teeth. huge teeth huge teeth this lights out now you want to get nuts come on let's get nuts Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Huge. Okay, Batman. No, I, I was calling you Batman. You were going to call me Batman. Okay, That's Batman. Fine. All right, Adam. Let's talk about Monster Squad. Now. Monster Squad. Yeah. <clears throat> what did kiddos think? My kids loved Monster Squad. Um, I showed them the trailer. Mm. They love watching trailers, which makes me That's happy. That's cool. That's cool, man. They'll ask. He's like, Is this, are we watching the trailer? I was like, yes. I'm like, Yes. And then they'll watch the trailer and they're like, okay, can we watch this now? So I show them the trailer for Monster Squad. I love your kids. Um, they are the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're, they just started chanting, Monster Squad, Monster Squad. Did they really? Mon <laughs> yes. And I was like. Oh, that's cool, man. That's so and, cool. Your kids are going to be like cinephiles. I'm oh, right. they totally. Like, yeah. Tucker loves just, he's like, he was even saying, he's like, yeah, I just like to sit around and watch movies a lot. I was like, that's, that's, my, that's my boy. That's what I'm doing. That's yeah, what we're doing here. Raising them right. And I keep telling them because they're like, is this one good for kids? I was like, well, no, not yet. <laughs> not like, yet. And then Caden was like, then why are you showing it to us? It's like, yeah. I'm just giving you a heads up. Yeah. Later on. Later on. Just, 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 it's a little bit of foreshadowing. Yes. Just laying on the foreshadowing. They did I, like, that. I can't wait to watch movies like, uh, you know, Deadpool. It's like, it's, it's so many years Die off. Hard. Watched the trailer for Die Hard the other day, and it makes it look like it's a Christmas kids movie. Yeah, like can we watch this? It? It like, really? uh, yeah, oh my the God. one that's on Vudu. They have, I was like, trailer is like, oh, this makes it look like a fun. So Vudu's pushing the whole like Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, uh, you know. Initiative. They definitively have Die Hard as a Christmas movie. There is no doubt about it. The trailer. I'm pro Die Hard Christmas. Oh, movie. I totally. Like, am. You know, it's not up there, totally. but it's not. The top, but it's certainly. A Christmas I love it. Movie. Okay, so, so Monster, Monster Squad, Squad and Monster Squad. So they were really very excited. psyched to see it. They enjoyed <clears throat> the trailer. We, I, I did. I, I wanted to give a little bit of background. Okay. Um, so we, we talked about Hotel Transylvania on the front end, just so mm. that they were thinking. Uh, to know the monsters. Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, mummy. You know, so they have these ideas fresh in their mind because they've not really seen. They have no other perspective on the you know, Universal classic, Monsters. No, is not in their purview. No, nice. and so I was like, okay, I didn't want them to be totally confused. So we had a quick chat as the movie was kind of starting up and talking about that. And uh, not not surprisingly, one of favorite lines in the movie is, Wolfman's got nards. I, that's mainly what I remember. Quintessential. 
quintessential. It it's quintessential eighties nonsense. And it was uh, <laughs> even even after I had recently rewatched it, I love it because. Uh, and of course, for those who haven't seen the movie, that's that's when one of the kids, one of the squad. Uh, uh, kicks the Wolfman between kicks the, the legs, man, right yeah. in the nards, and he reacts as someone who's been kicked in the nards. Yes. <laughs> I just I loved because I don't think I'd really heard or used the word nards <laughs> in probably twenty plus years. Nerds, I was perfectly familiar with. I was pumping I was like, the nards, like, nerds left and right, but nards, nards, man. And so it was. It nards was, needs to come back. It really agree? does. Yeah, I would be totally fine with it. The the. Uh, <laughs> There's really, um, there's really nobody famous in the movie. I mean, there's yeah. um, a couple of people that you would recognize in. Probably, Are any of the monsters previous Universal monsters? Are they all new actors? In the uh, I think they're all all new actors. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, John Grise, uh, he plays the Wolfman prior to turning into the Wolfman. He's like the human version. Um, that I, think, I forget what they call him. They give him some kind of odd name. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have an actual name. He's just like Crazy Man or something like that. <laughs> In the credits. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then the mom, um, the kid's mom, she was the mom for everything in the 80s. Um, but Diane Weist? Diane Weist. Ooh. Was it really Diane Weist? No, it wasn't. Oh, damn. <laughs> it would have been great. <laughs> she was the mom from uh, Lost Boys. Yes, she was. Um but uh, it was it was it was that you know that that eighties that total eighties feeling that you get from all those movies you watch the, the Goonies. Was there um, a sweet eighties montage? Oh, they're uh, <laughs> when they're getting ready to go hunt the, the monsters. There was yeah. a total the song at the, as the credits rolled was a great eighties uh, kind of. Um, I love that song. Anthem. It was oh, it's fantastic. Yes. Um, and then there was all the great um, one-liners. You know. Um, the, the the fat kid from the from the the monster squad when he shoots Gilman the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon as he comes out of the, the sewers he's got the shotgun and he kills him the the bullies come out of the store because they won't let him in they're like hey way to go fat kid and he just goes my name <laughs> with the shotgun yeah is Horace it was like yes yes, yes. it's it's that eighties like oh, one liner those great one liners yeah. There, uh, uh, then the kid that he uh, he had the was silver it bullet. Mary Ellen Trainer was that the mom? That was the mom. Yeah, yeah she okay. was she was in tons of stuff in the eighties. Kind of that quintessential mom and a lot of stuff. Sure. Um, but uh, it, it was like she was in Freaky Friday. Not as a mom, but she was in it. She was in Scrooge also. Not oh as a mom. no, she was the doctor from Lethal Weapon Four. She died, didn't she? Did she? Did she commit suicide? Jonathan Brandis. Hell no! Here it don't is. Do don't do it. Suicide. We are anti-suicide. Like she died suddenly and like tragically. Yeah, she she was the uh, psychiatrist. Yep. That was always like rigs. She was too. she was in all kinds. You'd see uh, her all over the place in the eighties. God, she was in. Uh, let's see. She was in Back to the Future. Okay, if you say so. Ghostbusters two. She was in Scrooge. Mm-hmm. She was in Die Hard. She was in Axe Jackson. Holy shit. Carl Weathers. Hell yeah. Please continue. I'm sorry. No, so it was. It's it's one of those like it had members of the cast that you would recognize mm -hmm. potentially from other small roles. Nobody, from the time, yeah. yeah, nobody really you know broke out. There wasn't a Corey in it, yeah. or there wasn't a you know there wasn't a Henry Thomas. There wasn't like a kid who became Edward Furlong yeah. or something. So yeah. it, which I think is really unfortunate because yeah. the kids, the kid actors, they had tons of charm. Oh, uh, you know, um, the when uh, when the little girl. Oh, I love the little girl. She calls them all chicken shits. 
Oh, when kids curse. When kids knees. curse, it's great. It and is. and one of the things I have taught my children because I don't want to have a lot of conferences with teachers and <laughs> things like that is good call, man. When we, we can the watch these movies and you guys can hear these words and know that you can't say them at school because I don't want to come talk to teachers because you've been cursing at school. Hey, you know what? If the kid's cool and they want to curse at home, no. they won't talk about that no. stuff at school because they want to keep cursing at home. And you know what? That's fine. Just keep it in the home. Keep it in the home. But uh, yeah, Monster Squad, I, I, I still maintain that this movie should have had far greater fame, oh, should man. have been much more of a cornerstone of 80s kids. Well, it was a huge video rental. Yeah. It, I mean, to me, it should be on par with the Goonies. That's just... It feels like it should it, have. It feels... I mean, the kids in it, you know, they had similar diversity. There wasn't an Asian kid. We lacked an Asian kid in Monster no Squad. Asian kid. Well, that's where they messed <clears> up. You gotta have an Asian If we kid. had an Asian kid, we would have been... No English, no... no. We had a creepy old Asian. German guy. Oh, well, that's nice. So that's kind of like a silver medal to the Asian kid. So the director is Fred Decker. Yes. And let's see what old Fred Decker has done in the past. I'm not seeing, let's see, looking at the film. I, I like to see what these, he's only done four. He did RoboCop 3, and uh, oh, he directed one episode of Tales from the Crypt. That's, that's Night of the criminal. Night of the Creeps. He did Night of the Good Creeps, Night of the Creeps. got him a job of doing the Monster yes. Squad. This is his four credits, literally. The man who gave us Monster Squad only has four. Four credits, and, and that includes those, TV. And RoboCop 3. He did RoboCop 3, which I never even saw, and I fucking loved RoboCop back in the day. But 1993 was not... That was Ninja Turtles, not the yeah. RoboCop. So, yeah, that, that really makes me sad. He just kind of got used. Like, Everybody in that film should have gone on to something else. Even the director didn't go on to Yeah, anything. nobody did anything. It was just... It's like it's frozen in time as this great little 80s <sighs> gem. And if that's all it can be, then okay, that's all it can be. But uh, it for for my money, uh, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, pound as Jerry dollar. would say, absolutely, um, it is it is a wonderful movie. I'm glad my children enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure we'll watch it. Uh, it might not get to the Sandlot Space Jam. Um, number. Did you buy this physically, or did you rent? It, it was on Amazon it? Prime. I don't oh, okay, I don't own okay, it okay. yet. I feel like I was looking don't. for that on Blu-ray on, but it's not necessarily, like, I think it's really expensive. Yeah, it's one of those, I don't, I don't feel like it's really in print anywhere to make it yeah. affordable. I have I don't like. very fond memories of Monster Squad. It was huge with my friends back in, was it 1989 that it came out? Was that another 89 movie or was it 88? Yeah, I don't, I almost, I want to say 88. It was 87, actually. Well, there we go. We're, well, we were both, both wrong. Both wrong. Both wrong. <laughs> Look at that. So this is two years prior to Batman. Yep. But, but uh, and there's there's a documentary I need to I need to find a really? wolf, called Wolfman's Got Nards. No way. Yep. I would. Oh it was not streaming anywhere. I need to look on YouTube <laughs> to see if it's just on there. That's like, beautiful. But That's yeah, beautiful I would thing. I would like to watch that just to kind of because I love getting that behind the scenes kind of look on that stuff and so. Oh, me too. For um, sure. So That's what yeah. I miss about DVDs mainly is the commentaries and things. <clears throat> so uh, rad dad. Huh? Rad dad. They loved it. Yep. Nice. Okay. Excellent! A little delayed on that.
We did so it. So shall we move on to our uh, next we, feature? We shall. We All shall. right, so here we go. So for the feature presentation, we're going we're we're segueing into the new song. Yes. If you're not familiar with this, shame on you. You are a bad person. You didn't have cable, I guess, growing up. This is the HBO feature presentation. Uh, it's just synonymous with like 80s movies and all that good stuff. Saw this many a times. So that's our new theme for the feature presentation segment. And <clears throat> so this week, as I said at the top, top 10, not top 10, but 10, 10. great reboots, reimaginings, remakes. And I think it's, you should go first. It's it's hard it's hard to whittle down it to is. a uh, yeah. That's why I say I don't want to say top ten because I, I like the idea of <clears throat> the future revisiting topics. Yes, because uh, there are so many movies we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, and uh, it, it's 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 unnecessary to go out and just cut your legs off and because a lot <sighs> of times yeah you got the top movies, but you know you and I our our taste like. If you ask us what our favorite movie is, it may change a lot from one day to yeah. the next. I, in my top six that I kind of roughly have, <laughs> it's pretty um, solid. It's, yeah. um, I, I still, I mean, I, I, I pushed it out to six because I couldn't push something out of my five. But when Hitman's Bodyguard came out, I had to have that because it's one of my favorite <laughs> you movies. You so I happy about that. Saw it movie. five times in theaters, and I can't tell you how many times I watched it at home. It's I'm a just great movie. Excited for the sequel. <laughs> um, but of uh, but yeah, so I went I went through and I started um, I I'm trying to I'll compile a list and then try and sift through it. So I I try and uh, this time what I did is I tried to cut myself off after I had a certain number because like okay, let me just work with these because if I keep going and trying to come up with more, I'm just oh, yeah. uh, I watched um, the, I'm prepared. I have eleven. I watched the new uh, Pet Cemetery last night. What'd you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I liked some of the changes that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked uh, the 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 note that they ended on. They had a couple of different endings that they <clears throat> that they yeah that they was went not with. happy. No, it was definitely not. John was, Lithgow. What did you think of him? I enjoyed him tremendously. He was because um, I can't remember the he was the judge from. Uh, yeah. um, my cousin Benny and yeah. Herman Munster. He's like, Herman Munster. Yeah. He was he was the original Judd. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe like the like he's known for those three things yeah. really. Um, but John Lithgow, I liked the tone that they took with him. It was mm-hmm. a little little different, um, a little um, less naive. You were you were not really sure about his character at points. In yeah, the movie. I feel like the judge in the original movie. Yeah, he yeah, he, he he seemed on the whole good. You he know? was more yeah he was more um, just kind of this. He was kind of the for the 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 dad. He was the exposition guy. He was a creepy exposition. Yeah, guy. and and he was because he was he was kind of like the the angel on the shoulder. He was the conscience, like, hey, this is what you should. Hey, hey. Yeah. Uh, and John Lithgow was a little bit more ambiguous. He mm. was kind of like, you know, uh, well, I didn't, you know, he makes he, a mistake. He paved the road to hell with good intentions. Ooh. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Bam. But uh, after watching Dumbo the other day, I know when this this all came out of you know we got the Lion King coming out this weekend. I'm excited to see that. Big big deal. Disney's on this whole extended kick of remaking everything that they. They're did. just like shooting them but, up. Oh like, my gosh! Just a shotgun They've blast got of Mulan animated coming out next Mulan, year. Yeah, we saw the new Mulan trailer um, teaser. 
the and uh, I think Sword in the Stone is on. I've heard that that's <clears> a <throat> uh, that they're they're working on it. I think they have a director, but nothing else. Okay, uh, we I, of course got the Little Mermaid, who yep, is little the little mermaid. girl from uh, what was the uh, Wrinkle in Time movie that oh, came yeah. out last year. She she is Ariel, and I, I don't know if they've cast anyone else. But that was a big news. <clears throat> you know, like like here's Ariel. She's not a redhead, and of course everybody went. Uh, the internet the, did what it did. The, half the people are like waiting, like, oh, who's gonna make it racial? Can't well, wait. And that that was because uh, it was when I was like, usually because I'm in tune with so many movie sources. Yeah, it was one of those like I was, you're like, oh, everybody's gonna freak out about this, and I was like, who? Who is freaking out about <laughs> all the this? redheads? They, the gingers. Well, they're all up, nobody they're listens to arms. gingers. <laughs> I mean, why? Here's the thing: you're always gonna have that '80s Ariel. The '80s Ariel is who they like. Sh they gave you in like Wreck-It Ralph, so she's yeah. always going to be a character. <clears throat> I'm okay with it. Whatever. She seems like a really like she's if she can sing and she you know she can look like a mermaid. Whatever. Go for it. <laughs> I think Sebastian should be um, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. <sighs> I'm hoping for Larry the Cable Guy. Let's Fingers do it. crossed, Larry the Cable Guy. But Why yeah, not? There, we're we're in a just. A ton oh. of remakes. remakes. Remakes and reimaginings are huge right now. So uh, my my number, I, I did I did number of these. I went... Um, oh, I, you did? Yeah. Just, so just so from, the earliest ones are your least favorite or... This, I, I just, I went... Mine are in no particular order. I, I picked these five and I just said, okay, um, of these five, this is how I'd rank these five movies. If, if you said, here's five movies, watch them in the order that you like them, this, this, that's how I would watch them with my top one being the one I'll so do So the first last. one you're leading off this, with is your, the one you would start with. Yeah. Okay. This is, gotcha. yeah. So, um, and this is one of the, I watched the original uh, of this today, just as an abundance of preparation. Okay. The Mechanic. Mm, 19, who's in the original? 1972 has uh, um, Charles uh, Bronson. Oh, that's right. And uh, Never seen it. Jan Michael Vincent. <sighs> So the updated version, which I'm sad to say I haven't seen. It's good. I like it. I but have it's that. Jason Statham. Jason Statham and Ben Foster. And wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Well, maybe I knew it when it came out, but that's a hell of a combo yep. right there. You cannot go wrong with Jason Statham. No. I don't care what he's doing. It's entertaining. It, it really like, Whether he's kicking a bottle cap. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. <clears throat> I, I, the first time I saw Jason Statham was in 2001 when Snatch came out. And another word for grabbing something. <laughs> exactly. That's all I was going for. That's what I thought you were. I wasn't up to anything. To There's no double entendre. Ooh, double entendre. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I think I own between 25 and 35 Jason Statham movies. Damn. Because um, I I just He's I love them out. Isn't I he? love the crank crank. crank. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> it was uh, non-intended, but I it wasn't lost on it. Was, it was it was done pun, punned very well. Oh, because in his in the early Crank parts awesome, of his though. career, yeah. he he was not a household name. He transporters where I feel like I learned who he was. I and I really love the first transporter. Yeah. When they announced they were doing a transporter sequel, I was genuinely surprised mm -hmm. because I did not feel like the first one went over all that well. Um, I loved it, but I, it, it was probably a big hit in like yeah, it was in like you know foreign markets. I think it did a lot better. Sure, sure. Um, and then they did the second and the third, and I was like, oh wow. And then they rebooted. Then they rebooted. Not on our it. list, no, probably. No, yeah. not yeah, anywhere. I don't there. know for sure, but uh, had the guy that played Francis in Deadpool, and that 
was not. Oh, is that who they got? Jesus was not good. It was Christ. not good. Um, but even me. he, uh, Jason Statham, especially in the early parts of his career, um, either he was not picking roles very well, or they just weren't offering him a lot, and he was taking whatever he could get. Sure. Um, but in he that didn't keep him from becoming a household name, thankfully. And he really he is he is fantastic um, in, on a number of levels. And in I, the eighties, he would have been huge. Yeah, he would have been super huge in the eighties. He pro- he, which is why he was such a good fit in the uh, Expendables. Expendables, yeah. yeah. He because he to me seems like kind of a modern day Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm, yeah. Um, I feel like because there's a real athletic prowess there, especially in his early days. He has that British appeal, which I think gave him an edge over Jean Claude Van Damme's. Yeah. You know, muscles from Brussels. Yeah. His accent. You know, you, d- you didn't like listening to him Don't talk as much. You dare muscles from Brussels. No, I would. I would never do that. Um, but Jason Statham, I think... The best buns in the business. Pound yeah. for pound. Pound for dollar pound, dollar, dollar for dollar. dollar. <laughs> he always showed his butt. I don't know. Yeah, because that was, that was getting the ladies in theaters. What? The ladies. It was soaking the panties. The ladies wanted to see it. Sorry, guys. The guys wanted to see the kicking. <laughs> they did. They loved the kicking and the dancing. And yep. He did do a little bit of dancing. He did. He did some dancing here. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Jason Statham, um, he is... Uh, so he's he's one of my favorite guys. He might spy. be. Spy, don't forget Spy. He was. He's he's, he's a comedian. He's funny. He's genuinely funny in yeah. Spy. He's so he's got a lot of range, um, and in in the original because um, I'd never seen the original, so I wanted, that was kind of why I wanted to I wanted to watch it. Um, oh, so you found it and watched it? Yeah, it's on uh, the original 1972 mechanic is on uh, Amazon uh, Prime, and so I, I, Man, that must have been a tough watch. It was the the thing about um, movies from. Movies made before the 80s uh, rely heavily on um, dialogue. Now, in the 70s, you have um, you have a growing cinematic industry, so you know you you film on location. It's not just all sets. Yeah. So visually, you get some changes. Um, that uh, that that was, I think, what differentiated the 70s from the 60s a lot, in my estimation, was. You had more filming on location, so that kind of... I wonder why that <clears> is, because there were huge budgeted movies before, yeah. prior to the 70s. I wonder why they scaled back. Uh, I, I don't know if it was just like the, the studio life, like we're going to film everything. Everything is done here at the studio. Yeah. I don't know if that was, you know, because you, you have some stuff that was done on location yeah. uh, back in the 60s, but it, it felt like, you know, you were really limited to a number, uh, you know, a low number of places. A lot of times it was, you know, you'd have movies in the, the 50s, 60s, um, that were everything was on a beach, and it was just you know like one, two, three settings. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, it, you know the the idea because there's a lot of times I'll put on a movie, and it's not really background noise, but like I'll be I'll be looking at stuff on on my phone and and paying attention. It might be a movie I've seen a hundred times. Isn't that cool? Like <clears> you <throat> put a movie on and you're just you're you're enjoying the movie. It, like tangentially, yeah. Like, you're not even really watching it's, the movie for the movie's sake. It's just, just I'm soaking it in. Oh, there's that uh, actor. I'm gonna look up this actor. Yeah, and yeah I, I enjoy movies the same way, man. Brother. And exactly. That's what makes us <laughs> cinemasters. But one of the things that's hard. Huge when, losers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not, really cool guys. Not the first time. Ever. Yeah. Uh, today, even. Uh, and you're the first person I've talked to. Oh, <laughs> oh that's bizarre how that happened. Start. Opened up and it was, yes, (laughs) all of them. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, 
but the the so it was, it was nice because there were some you know some scene changes. Um, it, it kept, you know there was there was good chemistry with Charles Bronson and uh, Jan Michael Vincent. Charles Bronson, he's one of those guys you know facially does not um, do much at do all. much yeah. ever at all. Kind of got that. It's got that whatsoever. That's that's you know kind of scraggly mustache. Yeah, he's scraggly. Not a lot of facial expression. He's he has a uh, leather face. Yes, it's just kind of leather. fixed. Uh, in a in a in a permanent. I'm not being paid to move my face. <clears throat> he he and Clint Eastwood are guys that I think kind of to me it was like you know when your mom would say oh don't do that or your face will get stuck that way and I, I feel like if they would have was like yeah just like Charles Bronson. Is that what happened to Charles? Is that what happened to Charles Bronson? Oh my god! Somebody hit him on the back. Is that what is that after he started wishing death on people that his face stuck that way? Don't wish death on people yeah, or your face will get stuck. Death wisher, man. That and guy. you have a scraggly mustache. Ugh. I don't want that. I, I've tried to watch a few Charles Bronson movies in the past. They're just so boring. It's it's um it's he he had a certain appeal in the time that he was uh, alive, but I don't know that if he was if he was in the mix today, I don't think he would be anywhere near as popular. Um, cause oh, he, no. he, go, he goes, he goes back a ways and know, he goes back into the, does it. well, cause he keeps making his own movies. <clears> yeah. He's like, I'm going to make my own movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in a, movie still down. I'll be see. in it. You'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, then you get, you get the same story, you know, similar storyline, um, a little, little bit different. I mean, there's difference in the endings, yeah, um, sure. but, um, uh, it's it, it's like a forty-year-old movie, basically, yep. right? Fifty, maybe, almost. Uh, yeah, nineteen seventy-two to yeah, it's almost fifty years old. Damn, so forty, man, yeah, forty-seven years. Seven years. Um, we're good at math. Yes, math. Did you see how fast we worked that out. It's one of the of three R's arithmetic. <laughs> it's um, one of the R's. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, um, it was I, I had to when I was when I was starting my list. I was like, okay, as a lot of times I'll do, I'll just Google, you know, remakes, reboots, best remakes, worst remakes, just to kind of get the juices flowing, start thinking about yeah. it. So that I'm, and this is, this is when I was like, oh, that's right. There was, um, it popped up on a few of the lists. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I really, really, really did enjoy. Um, and it was hard because this beat out a, a number of other things, but I was like, I really liked the mechanic and the sequel that they did with, uh, was it uh, the mechanic resurrection something oh. something like that? They made a sequel to it. It was not theatrically released. Yes, or, yeah, it wow. was. It was not as great as the first one because they. I mean, he Jason Satham is in a relationship with Jessica Alba, and she gets kidnapped, mm. and he has to do his job three times, has to kill three people, mm. and make it look like it was natural causes in order to get her back. I thought he just did oil changes and like replaced carburetors. Oddly enough, no. Wow, that's really man. That's that's false advertising. This is false. That's false advertising. <laughs> whoever whoever told you that sold you a, a false bill of goods. Ooh, a false bill of goods. That's a thing people say. They do. Um, but yeah, so mechanic. That's number number five. I highly recommend. Okay. Well, I, I would I I, uh, I would recommend the modern one more than the older one unless you have a proclivity for watching older movies. Yeah. It's good for an older movie. Um, it's enjoyable. I, yeah. If you really enjoyed the mechanic and you didn't somehow know it was a remake then go watch the original go check it out a little bit of, I enjoyed a little it a little bit of context get some Jan Michael Vincent get some JMV yeah and then once you do that <laughs> you'll slow. you'll understand um, uh, inter, Intergalactic Cable Part 2 on Rick and Morty a little bit more because they talk about Jan Michael Vincent do they really I don't remember that yeah eight Jan Michael Vincents oh that's right that's right <laughs> Hey, hey, Rick! Do you, do you need to know who Jan Michael Vincent is to understand it? No, no, Morty. 
Just just go with it. <laughs> oh, November, baby. Not even it's soon. It's coming. Yet. It's coming. Coming. All right. I'm guessing you're not alone. There's a gun down the left side cushion. It's loaded and the safety's off. But I'm not a lefty. Then you're going to die. Okay, so uh, I did not put mine in any order. Uh, I'm just going to jump on movies that I like the most. And because I'm afraid you might take one of mine, because that's just something happens. Sometimes you get, you, you're, you get, you know, there's a steal. I got caught. You know, they picked me off. I was trying to take second. But you, you picked me off, man. It happens. You got a good, strong arm. You can throw from your knees like Benito Santiago, and you're out at second. Yes. All right, so my first remake is uh, from 2017, I think it was, maybe 2018. Uh, so it's a remake of a TV miniseries. I hope you allow this. It kind of counts. I know which one you're doing, and I, I count it. I count it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be It. Yep. It is amazing. <clears throat> I loved it. I was a huge fan of the book, for starters. Love, love, love the book. Uh, saw the miniseries before I read the book, though. So I grew up with an appreciation and love for the miniseries. Uh, with... Um, I mean, it had tons of people in it. It had, like, uh, John Ritter in it was in it. Harry uh, Anderson. Pennywise was, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? It's a Rocky Horror. Tim Curry. Yes, thank you. Tim Curry was Pennywise. Iconic. Tim just, Reed. Just great. Yeah. Uh, just so, you know, it was... A, it was Annette a, O'Toole. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. I can do this, too. Um, Seth Green. Yeah, that's right. Jonathan Brandis. Oh, no! <laughs> he killed himself. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Suicide Don't is wrong. Don't kill yourself. You have nope. lots to live for. Like It Chapter 2. Yep. Or is it Volume 2? I think it's Chapter, chapter two. 2. I think yeah. they're going to Chapter 2. I'm so glad, by the way, that they decided to break it up into two movies. Thank yes. you very much. They had a little bit of faith that it was going to do well, and it was a huge movie, man. Oh, so it, good. It owned. Yeah, and it was good. I, I re And I remember like talking to you, too. I went and saw it, and really liked it but i was a little cautious it's like i really liked it in the way that i really liked transformers from 2007 it it just did enough for me mm -hmm. to love it but you know can i go back and watch it again and be more critical is does the movie actually hold up is the movie good itself was i just feeling nostalgic and i was just happy that it didn't just suck and i watched it again a couple of days later and i was very happy to report did we that, go see that together? Uh, or maybe, no? maybe. Maybe. I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember if we did. I think I saw it a couple times in theaters. Yeah, me too. And, and so, you know, it, it held up, man. It there, did. It, it, had a, it had the right tone. It was this, uh, you know, it, it felt like the book. They really are doing the book justice. And have you have you been to the book yet, or did you? I have not gotten through the. I the tried book's the audio. a tough book. one because four hundred thousand uh, pages. I there. yeah, and I didn't read it. By the way, I have to be honest. I listened to the audio book. I even but it's it. so dense. Like I've read other Stephen King books. I've read a lot of Stephen King books, and they're they're, they're tough to read. They really pay attention. You really have to pay attention because if you if you're of the mind that you can kind of be distracted, or if you start wandering off and looking at your phone, and you will be lost. You will have to like shit. I got to go back a whole chapter. I had to do that a number of times. Yeah, so I, I understand like, if you. What are we talking about? But I, that's one I can listen to. Like, uh, I I don't want to do anything else when I'm listening to it. It's so good, and from what I've seen and what I've heard and read about with it, chapter two, like they're really doing some stuff that they 
you know, they obviously couldn't do in the miniseries. On, it was a made-for-TV miniseries. Um, so I, I'm very excited. The, the teaser looks cool. But yep. it, it Chapter 1, directed by, uh, I want to say his name's Andy Muschietti. Yeah. And uh, he is, I think he might be of the James Wanaverse a little. I'm not positive on that. But he directed Mama. Yeah, he's got something else that he's attached to now, I think. Uh, you might be right. Let's see. Something, Let me... I, his name came up the other day. Uh-huh. For oh, something. I'm sure his name's going to come up a lot yeah. now. But it was, I can't remember if it was another Stephen King property or what it was. Um, so his is... upcoming projects are uh, The Flash? Oh, that's what it was, The Flash. That's what it was? Yep. Attack on Titan. That's, that's <clears> like a big, you know, uh, anime, I think. Okay. Um I didn't know that about the Flash. Yeah, that was that was where I heard his name. Because so you're Miller's, not giving up on the Flash. Ezra was. Miller's still technically attached to it too. Interesting. I, I like him okay. He was fine. Um, so yeah, he but he did Mama, and I liked Mama a lot. It was Mama was a movie that I had no expectations of, and it just creeped me out. It was a good creepy movie. Oh, it really was. So he came in. It originally was supposed to be directed by the guy who did the first season of a True uh, Detective. And I, from what I read and understand, like he came in, he had some ideas, he wanted to do some things, um, and the studio, I guess, Warner Brothers. You know, whenever you get Warner Brothers involved, you're gonna have fifty people. Too there. many too cooks many, in the kitchen. Too many, and they, I guess, they just didn't like his vision, and and a lot of times that would upset me because I think he was really trying to go dark, yeah, really dark, because um, there's some dark, dark themes going there's on. Some in very there. dark stuff in you there. Know, you got like child abuse you got uh bullying you got uh you know like racial tension uh, i mean it's it's all a there of, a lot of a lot of really heavy big themes yeah it's all there so i think he was trying to tackle some of those edgier themes and uh it was just like let's not but what they what they did was great you know uh, there were some really inventive scares and that's funny too because I remember when I saw the first trailer I, it feels like it was a movie that you didn't get a trailer until late which is yeah. always a bad sign I feel like like the solo movie like the, the movie's coming out in a month here's the trailer like you're used to seeing trailers months and months in advance it feels like if a studio really is trying to prop something up they think you want to see it they're going to try and get the word out as soon as possible right. and if they if the, a late trailer always feels like they don't have much faith no in confidence it. in it yeah so uh, when I saw the teaser, and I was like, oh, "It looks," I like I like the way Pennywise looks, but there there was an alarming number of jump scare type things yep. going on, and I hate jump scares in movies. It's the cheapest thing in the whole wide world to just startle you because it's not a, it's noise. not a real scare. Yeah, it's not creepy. It's just startling you. It's like I could walk around your house slamming doors all day, and you're like, ah, yeah. And that's not scary. Yeah, it only scares you because you're startled. Yeah, like, it's just your senses working overtime. So there was there was that you know bit where you know where Bill he's he's like he goes down to the basement and he kind of lifts up from the water. Oh yeah. But you don't really see like everything that leads it because everything leading up to that scene was very tense and and earned. And you know he comes up and he does that kind of quick. Yep. But it's disturbing. It's, it's jarring. Apparent. It is. It's very jarring. But the way they presented it in the trailer felt just like a jump scare. Yep. And I was like, oh, man, all right. I mean, you got me. I'm going to see it. But this, I'm not. And that's why I, I, when I saw it, and it wasn't that really. It was just really good. Very James wan with its approach. Yep. And like, you know, like setting up. There really was only one jump scare that I could remember. But it was a good one. And that's the one where 
uh, Pennywise, the projector. like projector. Well, no, no, the the one where, uh, gosh, the girl, she like turns and he's just oh, kind of yeah, standing right. there yeah. and grabs her by the neck. Yeah. That was like a true jump. That scare. was a true jump scare, yeah. but it was a good one. I will. I will no, no, the yeah. projector thing was oh, magnificent. Was fantastic, because they really slowly built it up. You know something bad's going to happen because it's dark and they got the projector and they're kind of backed up to it. And you're like, what? I know something's going to happen because you just know it. You've seen a lot of scary movies. But the way he kind of appeared, wasn't expecting that. It was really oh, good. So it was, it's, it's funny because when you talk, it's been my experience when you talk to anybody at all about it, years with in the, the remake, is when, when you go back and you watch the, the original, at no point is anybody really in danger. Like they they created this air like in the memory of a kid like ah I'm yeah. scared so it feels like you're in danger yeah. but really none of the kids are ever in danger I think the only guy that gets killed is the guy that kills himself which we do not advocate don't um, do it don't um, but uh, that's I think the only death because I think even the um, or maybe maybe the kid the the bully kid that grows up and he goes he. Pennywise breaks him out of the mental institution. Yeah, he, he might die yeah, too. Bully kid. Um, right. But in in the new, I love one, the way they handled him. In oh, the new movie too. That that was that, that was kid's a true psychopath. Oh, he totally was. Yeah, and it, that was that was where I, I liked. You know, obviously they have more room to move, bigger budget, more technology, better story writing. You know, all those kinds of things. But if from the inception, from the very first part of the movie, mm. you know they are not pulling punches. Kids nope. are in danger. <clears throat> a child yeah. has his arm ripped off yeah. and then drug into the sewer yep. where he's murdered. No doubt. No right doubt. Right off the bat, you're like, okay, yep. It's very jarring again. The, yeah. So, yeah, I like that. You know, they're like, you don't see violence in kids. And I, in the, I feel like going back to the 80s again, like that... You, a kid could be in danger. There could be some danger there. Maybe not in a TV movie, but you know, like there, there's like even if it's Goonies, it's tame, it's comedic. But if child the is kids, in danger, you know, yeah. And for a good long while, you never really saw that. No, we have to protect the kids. Ah, kids got you. We can make it kind of seem, but ultimately the kids can't get hurt. It's like no real danger. So yeah, when when you know Bill's little brother is, has his arm ripped off and he's like crying and like Pennywise and you. You watch it. Yeah. You watch him. No, no. It is not. uh, Tries to get away. It doesn't like. Yeah, it doesn't cut away, and you hear it. No, you see it. So that was insane. And that lady on her porch just kind of. She doesn't watch the whole thing, but she's just creates that tone where it's like it's that dairy tone, man. It's something about the adults in Dairy Maine. They're just sort of uh, sleepwalking or something. Uh, So that was a really great scene. Set the tone. Uh, Of course, you had the projector. Uh, I, I, I really, there, there were a couple of silly scenes that, that well, the, the, the Eddie scene where, oh, gosh. oh the, the leper, the leper. Yeah. yeah. That seemed a little silly in the tone. Like, I don't know what it was, but I say that, but then there was the scene where, you know, he's getting chased through the fence and he looks back and there's Pennywise with the triangle shaped balloons. Yep. That's creepy. And Bill Skarsgård. No, was it, is it Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Oh, everything. And. He does, the smile. And he does the smile. He does the he, smile. He does oh, meant... the smile. Oh, in the beginning when he was talking about like pop, 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 you know, like, oh, he's so creepy. And his, he physically manufactures that smile. He makes yeah. that smile, which makes it even creepier. Oh, and then, because I forget who I was, 
I forget who I was watching. It may have been Bill Hader. I can't remember. It was somebody, but they were talking about Bill Skarsgård and they were asking him about that movie, like with the the thing with his eyes. Like, oh, how how did the, was that CGI? Yeah, what did they what did they use for that? that and then he just goes ahead and does it where he made and it's like and the guy's like, what the f- ah. <laughs> And it's just like even creepers, like he like he so owned that role. They yeah. kept him segregated from the kids for so long so that they didn't know what he would look like and didn't see him, weren't around him. So there wasn't this comfortability. The first time they saw him, they were genuinely scared. Yeah, of him. that's right. They, they they really did keep them away. They did such a good job with that. He was so creepy looking. Oh. Uh, so yeah, Bill and I like him in Castle Rock too. Like yeah. he kind of carried that over and he's, he's just a creepy dude. So, you know, big props to Pennywise. Like the kids are wonderful. Great, oh, you got your great wolf, kid. Wolfhard. You yes, know. Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Love yes. that kid. Jaden uh, Lieber. I've I've loved him since the first time I saw him in St. Vincent with uh, Bill Murray. He's a fantastic... Is that the kid who's in Shazam? Uh, no, that's the uh, oh. the other the kid that plays... Uh, it's Eddie something or other. Isn't it? I think it's... An, or I did he play Eddie? the kid who was in Shazam. Yeah, that's... Um, Jaden Lieberher has he was in the confirmation. He was in the Book of Henry. He was in Saint Vincent. Jack Dylan Grazer. <clears throat> Jack Dylan Grazer. That's who I was. Yeah, you're, he played Eddie. You're talking about uh, the kid that played Bill uh, Bill Denbro. Oh, you know what? That that kid was good. Where is he? Where is he? Where are you, Bill? I like the kid who played Ben. He was great. Yeah. Uh, I've seen. He was in Goosebumps too, which was I thought really? was a little below him, but okay. You know. That didn't even have Jack Black in it, did it? It did briefly. Oh, okay. But it was not. Where, it was not. Heck, why is Bill so damn far down the list? Seems, seems wrong. It does seem. Yeah, Jaden Jaden Lieberher. He's been a kid okay. that I've been following yeah. for you a few knew years. His name. I don't yeah. I was looking it up. He's he's a he's a solid young. And Bill's actor. a tough character because he has a stutter. He's got the stutter. That's a tough ask for a, a yep. young actor to pull that off. But he did it well. Because honestly, I don't think Jonathan Brandis pulled that off very well. I don't think he did either. Yeah. Uh, seems kind of like a manufactured study you know. Well, and I you get you get the feeling that these kids are going places. Um, the uh, oh god, that just like popped up on my oh, screen. There you go. That's <laughs> not terrifying. Not um, but yeah, like the all these kids seem like you'll see them in other things. I think so too. Um, yeah. And that was just that was not the case in the 1991. Seth Green is the only one that went anywhere. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Brandis killed himself, so he yeah. couldn't. Don't do, um, it. Don't do it. But yeah, so I'm. I love the the cast they assembled for the adults. It's like an all star cast. Man. It's gonna be so good. Speaking of Bill Hader, yeah. Bill Hader. Um, Bill Hader. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Um, who's the girl who plays? She. That's Jessica uh, Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Thank you. Um, and uh, gosh, there's like I feel like there's even a yet another big name. Player. Yeah, there were there's there are people that you're gonna recognize. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's. They, I've I've read a lot. I mean, I've, when it stuff pops up, I, when I went and saw Annabelle comes home the other day, they had the the trailer, the extended trailer with. Oh the, my god, where Jessica Chastain visits the uh, old the lady. Old, the old lady. Oh my gosh, she's like shuffling in the background. Oh, so uh, like I love, I, I love that the evolution of horror movies now. Yeah, that, like I'm with you. Man. They used to just pump crap out on the regular just for the heck of it. Like okay, let's throw another scary Get movie. Get a big name young actor from a television series. Yep. Cram it full of jump scares and a good soundtrack, and people and, are going to go see it. And yeah. damn it, we did. And and you don't, and you wouldn't have to pay a lot of money because most your most your other actors are unknowns. Um, your main villain won't be seen all that often, so right. 
You know, you, you don't have to, you know, and even with that, it's like Robert Englund became a household name because he played Freddie. So many times. Yeah. yeah. It took it's a like, little while, but he got there. Yeah. Um, and there was never anybody, uh, you know, I think with Jason and with uh, Michael Myers, like, like the person that played Jason the most played him three times, hmm. maybe four. So like there was never an actor associated with those, but like when you get to the kind of the caliber of horror movies that we have now, you talking about the Kane guy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Kane. Like he was in a bunch. He of them, he I'm played him. Thinking. He played him a number of times, but yeah. it was it was still um, he's he's probably got the most Kane something is. Yeah. Um, he's got the most notoriety, and I right. still can't remember his last name. Nah, I can't either. Sorry, um, Kane. Sorry. If you're a listener, watcher. If you're one of the 22. <laughs> if you're learning English. <laughs> we don't want to go back to 21. We don't. But, uh, but yeah, it, it Chapter 2, super excited. Super yep. excited. Great. Probably one of the best remakes of any franchise. We've I seen think so. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm coming at it from perspective as a fan, so I have a bit going for me. You know, but I, I think it's objectively a great movie. I really yeah. do. Well, I don't know if I would say it's a great it's a great horror movie and it's objectively a good remake. I, I think I think I think you could make the case, you know, it's it, there's compelling writing, uh, there's there's solid acting um, and, and to think to think about the vast majority of this movie is is perpetuated by children. Mm. You know, they're they're the driving force. These kids don't have the range of experience that most of your adult actors would have so to think it helps so much when the child actor is good there i mean to to know how well that movie did and it wasn't just because pennywise was genuinely scary i love sophia lillis from the beverly yeah she she's in the new um nancy drew she's she's got a movie i'm watching that i don't care about nancy she's i liked her that much she was a great little actress i mean there uh, the it was nice that they had a couple of names i mean the uh the jack dylan grazer you know, I like that. You know, he's in Shazam. He's he's got great timing. He'll be going oh, places. Yeah. I think he's going to be around for a while. Yeah, he's he's got a lot. Uh, a he kind of played the stereotypical like little germaphobe kind of yeah. like wet, you know, like stick in the mud kind of guy who was worried about germs and so like that. That felt like a little bit of a. I, I would have said he was one of the weaker links of the children, but after seeing him in Shazam. I'm convinced he could be one of the oh, breakout yeah. stars. As he he's get, he's got he's got a sarcasm and a wit that a lot of kids can't really typically You're deliver right. on, yeah, and too. that's not something that to scoff at. He's got he's got some as long as he's like go a little to Jonathan China. Silverman, but I think he could be yeah. bigger than Jonathan yep. Silverman. <laughs> he can he can shoot higher than Weekend at Bernie's or he really this, could. the single guy on NBC. Oh, that's the two right there. Yep, him and Joey Slotnick on the single guy on NBC. Stop showing off. Because they pop. All right, man. What's your number two? All right. Uh, let's see here. Number, number four. Yeah. Working backwards. Backwards. That's um, how we do it. Actually, just watched the original of this, which I say original, but even that was uh, a remake. Mm. Um, the I think it was nineteen it was 1960, 1960 mm. something. Okay. Um, the Magnificent Seven. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So the the remake that came out. So think, are you referring to the recent? I'm recent I'm going remake? with I'm going with the Antoine Fuqua Denzel okay. Washington. I like that one. That was Chris Pratt. <clears throat> the, it was a great cast. Yeah, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, um, uh, Brian. 
I forget who was the the Asian guy. Um, yeah, I can't think of his name. Who's the who was the guy who played Kingpin in the Daredevil? Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio was he pretty was interesting great. in it. Yeah, I liked him. Um, they uh, they just they Did had you say Ethan Hawke. You said Ethan. Hawke. Ethan Hawke. He was. If you're gonna have Ethan Hawke and a Denzel Washington oh, yeah. movie together, I mean, it's gonna be good. Yeah, I was like, okay, Antoine Fuqua, Denzel Washington, and Ethan Hawke. Who played the spent like the Mexican guy or whatever? Uh, was he was. I, I I didn't recognize him yeah. from anything. Um, I think he, if he was, if he's been in other stuff, I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Same with the 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 kid that played the Indian, the Native American. Mm, um, yeah, it, I don't know if he's been anything either. But uh, it was. Um, I just watched the the 1960 whatever um, with Yule Brenner and uh, Charles <laughs> Bronson. Oh my god! I uh, watched that not too long ago with with the kids, and uh, Caden loved it. Yeah, he really enjoyed it. It was cool. like it was. A, a, uh, same kind of thing. It's like you know, not a lot of sets, a lot of dialogue. But it's like the really, Three Amigos, right? Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah, just serious. <laughs> just to, like a bug's life. Yeah. You're just totally like hiring like a group of uh, hired Outside guns, guns. Just yeah. hired guns who have their like little like personalities and idiosyncrasies. And, and it works. It does. Uh, this and this this group. I mean, you know, Chris Pratt still a huge commodity. Yeah, I really enjoyed his chemistry with Denzel oh, Washington. He, and Denzel Washington, damn it, he's still so damn good. He, I think Antoine Fuqua and Denzel Washington could make a movie about anything. Yes, yes. Uh, anything, and it would just be fantastic. He never stops being charming, no. man. He he he's got to be like ninety-two years old by now, but he's damn it. He he did uh, both of the Equalizer movies. Did Training Day. Mm-hmm. Even Antoine Fisher, um, which not one that a lot of people probably still have on their radar, was a great movie. Is that a I enjoyed. Movie? It. I didn't know that. Yep, it was Denzel Washington, and Antoine Fuqua. Okay. It was a great movie, and Derek Luke, I think that may have been his first major role. Was Antoine Fuqua? Was he the one who did Skyfall? No, no, I'm thinking of another director. I oh, stopped man. paying attention to James Bond movies. Well, that was a good one though. Skyfall was awesome. I, keep I think, going. Keep I think going. I watched Casino Royale with uh, with Daniel Craig, and and I don't know that I really. I think there I saw another one, but I couldn't tell you which one. Well, uh, Casino Royale was actually really good, and then what was the, uh, the Quantum of Solace? Quantum of Solace was boring. I just like saying Quantum of Solace. Sam Mendes is who I was thinking. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, yeah, American Beauty. Mm. And uh, what was that uh, Tom Hanks um, gangster movie? Ar- oh, uh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Was it Was it Arlington Road? No, that's... Uh, uh, no, it's going to bug me. Um, uh, keep going. Uh, don't, don't let it distract <coughs> me. I'll, I'll, but, yeah, don't let it bother you. I'll the, get you. The, the Magnificent Seven Revolutionary... No, it wasn't Revolutionary Road either. That was a different one. Um Something road. There was yeah, a road yeah. involved. Um, road to perdition. Road I don't even have to look it up. I just go. remembered it. Road. Roads. Road <laughs> um, just like our microphones. But uh, the the uh, <laughs> the uh, from the from the first trailer of Magnificent Seven because it's one of those like in, in in the modern day you don't get a lot of cowboy movies. No, it's that's not dumb. a thing that you you see very often anymore. And this was a really it was a really fantastic cowboy movie. It was nice because like, you know, you take a lot of the the cinematography and the the things that are available in today's movie making, and you use that to make to elevate the story. Yeah, yeah. But you're still limited because like, okay, well, we can't have transformers explosions. We can't have laser guns and robots. Yeah, Michael like, Bay. Where's so, Michael Bay when you need him? This but, is a western. <laughs> so I guess we'll have cowboy robots. So we have a giant mechanical scorpion in our western. Let's All see, right. we can do that, right? Bold move, Cotton. But uh, it was uh, you know you get you get a, a a ragtag group of guys together, 
Um, you know, again, Chris Pratt capitalizing on his, I mean, he's, he's kind of, I mean, box office gold in he's, a lot of ways. He's his own charming kind of guy. Um, you know? he, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's riding the whole, like, Star Wars, <coughs> Jurassic Park remake. Yeah, he's, you, know, like you can put him in everything and it, anything and it would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I like, I like him. Ethan, like Ethan Hawke, um, yeah. he kind of went away for a while. And I, I can't say that I was ever a huge Ethan Hawke fan. I like him in The Explorers. Um, he, he's had his moments, yes. Yeah. It was him and uh, River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yeah. Um, and uh, who else was that? Who's the, who's the uh, third kid? It was kid. another kid. Some other kid. Uh, some kid. <laughs> probably an adult now, but I don't yeah. know. Uh, probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Unless it was Jonathan Brandis. Uh, Ooh, winter again. How but, many times uh, are we going to go there? We're going to get the family of Jonathan Brandis. They're going to, that's us. where the cease and desist They're is going to find gonna, us. Stop talking about Jonathan. <laughs> what if they were one of the 22? Well, then, uh, depending on the size of that family, we may have just cut our uh, our fandom in half. We'll send you a nickel every Sorry. time you mention it. But, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a, a great, great group of guys, really compelling cast. Um, and it, it was fun. You know, there's there's kind of that. Uh, anytime I turn on any Western movie, and I'm not a big fan of westerns, me but there's just kind of like every that, ten years, I'm good. There's there's kind of that like internal cowboy part of of you that just like you know you just you're watching it and you're like it's very I, American. I kind of want to shout yeehaw right now, do, and you yeah. and you just do it. I, I just want to ride a. I just want to like throw a like the the thing that you tie to the horse and just get it to go around the post. Yep. Just kind of lazily. Just drape it over the the fence. <laughs> go into go into a saloon. A saloon, I do. I want to go into a saloon. Order a sarsaparilla. I just push through one of those like those, double doors. Yes. Oof. I looked into getting some of those for uh, my desk at one point. Nice. I like that. At the marshmallow factory. Yes, at the marshmallow factory. I, don't know if it's in the um, I was gonna pay for it. Okay. I was gonna do it myself. <laughs> and um, they still won't go for it. No. Bastards. Um, those stay puff bastards. Uh, but yeah, the everything everything about that movie I just really enjoyed, and it was uh, going back and watching the original, which I say original. It was a remake of yeah, this is Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Sure, sure. um, so, and I've I've not. I think I've seen bits and pieces of that. I've never sat down and purposely watched Seven Samurai. When, when um, was the original? What year? The Cowboy one was the '60s. It might have been 1960. I can't remember. Yeah, that's the Charles um, Bronson one. Right? Yeah, and then the Akira Kurosawa Seven Samurai was before that. I don't remember the year of that one. Oh, is that considered to be the original? That was the original. Oh, yeah, shit. that was where the Magnificent Seven came from. Okay. So gotcha. <clears throat> um, I should have known that. I feel like a bad fan. It's all right. Now you know. And knowing us half the battle. G.I. Jose. G.I. I'm old. <laughs> so that, you know, I love that I, shirt. I like that. Cool. Um, but yeah, so that's my that's my number four pick. Powder Dan ran with an outlaw named July Bully. May he rest in peace. He's dead? Yes, sir. How'd he die? Whispered in his ear. Good one. All right, so my number two pick is going to be a remake of a movie that I actually haven't seen. And it's it's funny. It's not even a movie that was all that old when they remade it. Some but, of these aren't, yeah. Yeah, no, so The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. Uh, James uh, or, or Fincher. Uh, David Fincher. David Fincher. Yep, with Daniel Craig. I've not seen it. Oh, you haven't? Nope. It's really I've heard, good. I've heard good things. It's, it's really it's good. One of those, it's got uh, one of the Scars cards in it, too. Like yeah. The father, dad, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, and Elizabeth Salinger, Salinger she's like uh, an actress that's Numi, Numi Pate, Ray, I don't know, I forget her name. 
it's really good. Uh, it has an just. It's got a really weird intro. You'll if you watch it, you'll you'll be watching it and go, "What the hell am I watching?" I need to see if this is streaming somewhere so I can watch it's it. It's so good. Yeah, and I've so you know after watching the movie, I still haven't actually seen. I think they're like Norwegian or something. You know, I can get down with some Scandinavian. Get down to some Scandinavian flicks. They're, they made all three movies in Scan the Scandinavian Scandinavian version. And uh, they made uh, the, you know, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the, the recent, and they did another one. Now, it was a, I don't think it was supposed to be a reboot necessarily. Was it a sequel, but they didn't get anybody from the original movie? You know what I'm talking about? The one that just came out this past year? Oh, yeah, the girl with the uh, something, something, something. Yeah, yeah. There, what, it was they, another girl. It was a different girl. Different the spider's girl. Web? Girl in the Spider's spider. Web? I think I actually bought that. Did I you know? I watched it. <laughs> was it Okay. I haven't watched it. You've seen I, that one, but no, not no, the I, new. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, okay, even okay, the one okay. I bought, I haven't watched yet. I, Do you like David Fincher? I love I know David, you love I love David Fincher. I love yeah. David Fincher. Just, it's David. It's I will a David say just Fincher everything. movie. I'm shocked you haven't seen Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I really am because it is. It's a quality movie. It's really creepy. Um, so I hadn't seen the originals. I, now there's a couple of these movies I think that I, I call them remakes, but I just know they're remakes. But that didn't stop me from seeing it when it was. You know, coming out because it just looked cool, and I love David Fincher. Goran Viznik's in it. It has a very once again, it's a very Scandinavian cast. Yes. Uh, so they didn't they didn't cheat. They didn't just go out like Hollywood left and right. They didn't like slip Ben Affleck. M. Beth Davids. You gotta love that. <laughs> um, she was Miss Honey. In now, the trigger alert! There's a really uncomfortable like rape scene with Elizabeth because that's one of the. It, you know, I, I the book. I, I read the book actually because after I saw the movie, it's like I wanted to like I want to know more about the book. And the, it's really faithful to the book. A, it's a lot faithful to the book. Now I tried reading the second book and I just kind of lost interest. So uh, maybe that's why the second movie didn't come out. It really it, it's weird. It, maybe Daniel Craig just didn't want to do a second one because he was still he's just doing Bond movies left and right, just breaking his body. He was doing that Logan Lucky movie. That's. I like that movie. That was a good movie. Yeah, that's uh, from the guys who made Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Sonnets, uh, Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. He makes good heist movies. He does. So, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it it sucks because you haven't seen it, so we can't really play off of one another. I can pretend like I said. It, it was a great It's film. a very stylish movie. If you're very, if you're familiar with David Fincher it, whatsoever, it's, it's like I said, it's a total David Fincher. Uh, the characters are, you know... Uh, you, you fit, Elizabeth is a, a really interesting character. She is this. Um, she's from a, uh, an abandoned home. I think. Uh, she grew up in like a girl's home, like a like an orphanage type thing, I believe. But she's she was a troubled child. Doesn't really matter. They Sister really Margaret School for much. Wayward Girls. Yeah, but yeah, basically. Uh, so, but she's this in in the modern during the the of the film. She's like a hacker. She's like a genius hacker. Um, she's and she's someone that you hire if you're trying. She's like a private investigator. Okay. She's got the hacking skills. I believe Claire Foy was in the girl. Oh, you're Spider's right. Nest. I think you're right. So yeah, and I same like kind of yeah, same kind of feel. Might, might be uh, might be that might be good to watch because I I was not a I didn't really know of Claire Foy when that movie was coming out. But then I saw her on SNL and I was like, I really like this Claire Foy. She's pretty. She's got some <clears throat> got some chops. It was uh, the the reason I, I got that one is because it was one of those I felt like taking a chance on, and I got it secondhand at uh, Family Video. Okay. So it was it was inexpensive, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take hell? a chance on this. How bad could it be? Rooney Mara. 
place. Oh, okay. Let's see. And I think she was in Prometheus. I think she was. I think you're right. Yeah. And She's I, been in a few things. I like her. She's good in dramas. Yeah. I think she was phenomenal in Prometheus, actually. It's like that movie 8mm, but done well. It's okay. not as sleazy as 8mm. There's some sleazy aspects to it. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but there's there's a lot of like things that are... You know, it takes place in a small like island, like a small town, and you know, so like there's that. It's got that going for it. Things are a little uncomfortable on the island. You don't like, there's a lot of well-to-do people who are left to their own devices most of the time. But here comes Daniel Craig, who is a uh, he's a writer because like they they pair up, right? The two of yes. them they pair up and they he hires Elizabeth as his pro, like uh, to to investigate. Okay, Daniel Craig is a writer, but he is he's kind of. Um, Something happened. No, he's not a writer. He's a journalist. Okay. And uh, I think journalism is like your source and your credibility is everything, and it gets questioned uh, wrongly. So he he gets hired because you know he's offered a bunch of money to go to this island and investigate this uh, crime or whatever. This because you know like, police aren't going to look into it because small town. Uh, so they bring in Daniel Craig, and Daniel Craig just wants somebody who's like a crack investigator. So he is introduced to Elizabeth. So you you see parts of Elizabeth's story before Daniel Craig, and you see Daniel Craig's story, but then they converge and they become a team, and then there's like some little bit of sexual tension going on, you know. Uh, Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? Spoiler alert, they will. Uh, And, you know, it's it's just a cool movie. So I like like cool movies. I know you do. I know you do. Who, Who doesn't like cool movies? So yeah, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is uh, it's it's a really cool movie, and it came out I think in the early 2010s. 2011. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Yep, so you are so, correct. Yeah, it, it's a movie that I think was big for the week or two that it came out, and then people just didn't care anymore. It, it's not a David Fincher movie that people go back to. Like, oh, I love David Fincher. Seven Zodiac, you know, like other stuff. Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I guarantee people are gonna forget that he even did it. But it's all there when you're watching the movie. He, I'm watching a David Fincher. He movie. is a he's a director. Which uh, uh, Mindhunter season two comes out in August. Um, oh, cool! Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. He on is, Netflix. Yes, he is. He is a very skilled director. He will do things like with Zodiac. He caught some flack because he really only presented stuff from one perspective. But that's what he was doing. That was his intention as he took the book that Robert Graysmith wrote and went with that whole angle but he does his due diligence he really puts a lot of effort into his movies and it comes through in just about everything um he's a real panic, stickler for uh, panic room and kind of yeah. but it was still, i like that okay. it was still good it was yeah, yeah. if i had Jody to pick Foster. yeah if i had to pick a weakest link i would say Kristen stewart that yep. was the young girl yeah and jared leto and forrest whitaker and dwight yokum oh you had me at yoke yep the yokester and then i finished off with ham <laughs> um, oh shit that's what I was going to say bacon and eggs when you, you just said Dwight Yoakam and yep. I just and got like, so oh, excited Dwight Yoakam excited <laughs> and you started to think about cranking no David him. Fincher is uh, he, he, he reminds me of like an Edgar Wright he obsesses yeah. Yeah, over he really um, like panning and his style yeah, yeah he, he's very obsessive very meticulous uh huh so like every every motion that's something like I watched a short documentary on David Fincher it was like a it, it was wasn't a documentary. It was a YouTube series or something where they brought it to my attention. It's like David Fincher in his movies. He his movies are always fluid. 
that's what it was. If you watch a David Fincher movie, the camera moves always. He never stays static in position in one spot. The camera is constantly moving, but it's moving with a purpose. Yep. Uh, with the actors and like what he wants you to see and moving in and out of frame. So it's it's there's you don't sometimes you realize you're watching something like a good director, but you can't put your finger on what it is. And it's I like I like reading a book or watching a podcast, listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video where they can actually see it. Their eye is trained and they can actually break it down for you. He's one of those guys. Like yeah, his movies are great because he is a very interesting obsessive director you know like kind of like a stanley kubrick yep maybe not as nuts because he doesn't i don't think he tortures his actors takes. quite like stanley did no. 80 million takes but anytime david fincher is involved with something i'm in- instantly interested. yeah that's it throw that name out there and i'm already on board yeah so you you definitely need to check that out yes, and you guys need to check that out too if you haven't yes. seen it it's really good and it's, that's my second remake what i'm going to do is i'm going to tell you a story and if it entertains you maybe you'll decide to help me research further and if not I'll do the washing up and you'll never see me again. You know, you should eat that. What kind of research? Elizabeth. Oh, can I call you Elizabeth? I want you to help me catch a killer of women. Adam, boom, what's your number three? Number three. Yeah. Um, uh, this this is one I, I really wish it would have blossomed into a, a new franchise. Um, it came out a few years ago, 2014. Um, and it had a, a great cast. Um, it was RoboCop, the RoboCop remake with Joel oh, okay. Kinnaman. You love that guy. I love Joel Kinnaman. I really don't know why. Just everything he, just about everything he's in, I really enjoy. He's a great actor. And you had Michael Keaton. Um, Did have and, Michael Keaton? And you had Gary Oldman, and you had um, uh, what's Jay Bruchelle. I, I love him. I do like him. Yeah. He's he was it was kind of funny that you saw him pop in there, but he did, and I liked it. Um, and the the st- uh, I liked the story. I liked the whole from start to finish. I just I, I bought into it. I loved it. I loved the nods to the original. Um, I think probably one of the things that did it the most harm was um, they went PG thirteen instead of R. Yeah. So you have fans of the original that were very violent and very <clears throat> intense in that way. VR man. And it was in some in some instances, especially with this, I think that really does a disservice because I don't think I think with a RoboCop, um, you get a lot more nostalgia value than you do bringing in a new audience. You'll get some new audience, but I think they would be there either way. Yeah. And I think because the original hit so much harder than the remake, oh, yeah. that it was just hard. Paul Van Hoosen. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven. Paul, yeah, Verhoeven. Paul um, he uh, just, I mean, he's a, he's, he's an intense, very stylistic yes, he and controversial. There's, I mean, there was a lot of violence. I mean, there's just, it was a dark, you know, even for the eighties, it was, I mean, it was dark and gritty and, you know, there was, there was a lot of that and it just, it, there's a little bit of grime on that movie. Yeah, there was, there was, you know, who to, who to thunk that they would, uh, accurately call back in the eighties, what would happen to Detroit? And they did, they did. <laughs> they really did. It was like, Hey. Robocop, this is probably going to actually happen. People live in Detroit like, oh, man, I don't like the way they're portraying us. Ah, oh, damn it. Too bad it was accurate. <laughs> Just sans robots. Yeah. But, when are we going to uh, get our robots? They're coming. They're coming, you know man. I, now, Robo, the Robocop remake, I'll go ahead and say it was a little disappointing for me just because, you know, I was a huge fan of the original. Yep. Yeah, I, have a lot, I had a lot of nostalgic feelings. I was going to give it a try. I like Michael Keaton. I didn't have anything against the new Robocop. 
you know, you can only have one Peter Weller. They, you can't keep making RoboCop movies well into the 2010s. So, but the one scene that I really did appreciate was where Murphy is becoming aware that he's not human. Yeah. And it was really, it was a rough scene because they, they start disassembling him to yep. where he was just more or less like a membrane and a, yeah. a head. It was a head yeah. and like a lung and a heart. Yeah. And that was like, that, that was really well done. That was a, that was, it didn't have to be R rated. It was, it was, it was well done. Well, and then, you know, cause the, the story progressed, you know, he, they had to, they had to sell him, you know, the, to the public and, you know, he was, uh, you know, to make him competitive with, you know, because Jackie or Haley, he was in it. He was the guy that was, he was so skeptical about. He was the military guy. Yeah, he was right? the military guy. Right. that he, he preferred the robot versions, didn't like the idea of putting a human in. Yeah. So they they jacked up all of uh, the computer parts of him. So um, Did they have an Ed 209 version? They kind of, kind of, sort of did. Okay. Um, okay. It, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as clearly established okay. uh, as they did in, in it the It wasn't original. like Harryhausen, like, no. <laughs> like stop motion. No. <laughs> it was. that. Because they they had him they had him kind of in the the open with Sam Jackson who is like the um, political talk show host guy talking about how we got robots all over the world. Yeah. I, I just I liked everything you know the the things the stylistic aspects is very sleek very modern. I liked all of the updates to stuff. It was a lot of it for me was driven because I really enjoyed Joel Kinnaman. But I, I've I've probably watched RoboCop I don't know seven eight times. I think the movie suffered the most from not having this like uh, an on par villain yeah. as in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, was it uh, Boddicker? Yeah. Yeah. So he he was so good. He, he really Eric was. Foreman's dad. From yeah, Kurt uh, Kurt Wood Smith. Good, nice, very well done. Uh, he he was such a good villain. He really was. And you know you take a re- if you take away a really if you subtract that from the movie if it's a remake especially people are gonna you feel lose. that they're gonna miss it. Yep. So I think that, you know, like the Robocop, he was fine. The story is just the same story. And, and another thing, because you have a PG-13 movie, they couldn't get to the trauma of his yeah. death. Oh, yeah. So in, in the original movie, they, you know, he's in front of his partner. Like, they shoot his hand yeah, off, his arm blow, and shit. Basically blow him away. Yeah, they blow him away. He's just picked, he's just like cut down. Yeah. And in the new one, he just dies from it was like an explosion. A, it was an explosion in front of his house or something. So not as traumatic. No. Uh, so... Especially visually, yeah, there was I mean, that was one of the big contrasts. Is visually, there was just less. Well, because Peter Well is reacting to those yeah. memories, you know, throughout yep. the movie, and you know, you're, he's traumatized. And very much so, and and they had to take a lot of that out, um, just for you know, for the story that they were going for. That yeah. was, um, so it, it was. I was regret. There, I know there's there's talks right now of a, of another one coming out, and I, I think we were looking at it the other day. I forget who's directing. But I feel like it is in semi-capable hands. Yeah. But um, it's going to essentially erase this one, which is kind of unfortunate. But I understand because I enjoyed it tremendously. But um, is it Neil Blomkamp? Oh yes, that's who's doing it. Yep. He his name. Why is his name always attached to stuff and reading? He, he does. He was in the Aliens. He's supposed to do Aliens. He loves robots too. He did that. Uh, he's done a, a District Nine. The District Nine. It's Elysium. Great. Yeah, and uh, what was that one about? Chappie. Was about Chappie, Chappie, about the yeah. robot. He does um, like robots, so he loves robots. He's good at them. He's good with robots, so I'm fine with it. Okay, whatever. And uh, Boddicker, Boddicker, how you say his name? I'm gonna... Henry Boddicker. Yeah, he's he's gonna be the villain in the new one. Yeah, which is I think that's going back smart. to the roots. That's I think smart. so too. Okay, 
be hard to recast Kurtwood Smith, but <laughs> it's not impossible. It's not impossible. No. No, it, it was just his actions. He was he just really such a reckless, uh, scary guy. Like, you know, he, people you can't control who are just a wild card. Yeah. Like the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, kinda, he was kind of like this the Joker. This dude's crazy. Yes. All right, we got anything? So, to- nope, I'm good. We'll overlook this little Get down on the ground and put your hands behind your back. I'm just from marketing. No. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Alex, we need to work together here. Because I'm the only one with the technology to keep you alive. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. You're Moving on to my third? Number, yeah, you're third. <laughs> okay, so for my number three, I'm going to go with Evil Dead 2. Ooh. Sam Raimi, uh, his... So, yeah, it's basically just a remake of Evil Dead. It's like the same movie, which is so weird. Evil Dead 1 was done on a, on a shoestring budget. Yes. Um, are you familiar with the Evil Dead movies? Have you watched them? I am. So, I didn't see the remake that they did a couple years ago, but I know... It was okay. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, forever attached. You know, they, they just, he just... I love how Bruce oh, Campbell yeah. gets... Just sort of pops up in his like the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Ash. And the Evil Dead series that yeah. came out recently. It's a good series. It's like really that. good. So yeah, Evil Dead 2, this poster is iconic. Yep. With the, the skull, skull and the actual eyeballs. I remember yep. seeing that hanging in video stores and being terrified by it. I didn't see Evil Dead 2 until after I saw Army of Darkness, which is a much lighter, more yes. comedic turn. You know, it's, yeah. it's Ash, but it's it's Ash with all the catchphrases. That, yep. You know, the boomstick. This is my boomstick. Yeah, you know, like groovy back in time just me baby and all like yeah yeah so like and he's more established at that point he's a hero in the first two he's a reluctant hero if you will evil dead one is really kind of it's a it's a fucked up scary movie yeah there's a tree that the tree the the tree scene that's very bizarre uh which i think they actually attempted in the remake they actually think they had that tree yeah probably i liked hearing how the process of how they filmed that they just did it in reverse, all of it. They just yep. did the whole thing in reverse. Um, but yeah, so with two, it's a great mix of the the serious tone and the horrific tone of the original and Army of Darkness. It's kind of like in the middle. Um, it starts off pretty serious, and then at a certain point when Ash's you know, hand becomes possessed and he cuts it off and he goes with the chainsaw, like it starts to like that's when like Army of Darkness Ash yep. kind of comes about. And I think they're having some fun with it at that point. And so like, if you watch, if you're familiar with the show, this is where Ash is born. That's where really, it's really. Yep. Um, he's just really not even much of a character in the first movie or in half of the, of the yeah. first movie, or the second movie. So, you know, it it's it's great. I feel like a lot of horror movie tropes kind of like go back to the Evil Dead movies. Because um, it was it was really there were genuinely scary moments. It wasn't that they just totally went for comedy. There were there were I mean the um, the the makeup and the prosthetics and all that stuff that they did. The room where was, he's kind of going the crazy yeah. where there are animals are like the deer on the head. It's coming yeah. to life and he's just going nuts. I I love the the whole the the design idea of of you know cutting off the hand, which that whole scene was scary. Yeah. But then he just like duct tapes a chainsaw, yep. which is it's it's great. They they did a lot of really cool stuff, you know, to elevate. You know, the first one was kind of like this. It was like a Blair Witch Project kind of thing. They had no money, mm. you know. They, yeah. they made it, and somehow they, they people pioneered that like 
first person yep. shot. I mean, Raimi's done it all in a lot of his movies yes. since then. But yeah, so you you don't see this entity, this monster ever. You just always kind of see its perspective, and yeah, it's kind of zooming through the woods and crashing into the car and stuff. Yep. You know, like it's always chasing. It's always it's non relenting, and it's yeah, always, you it's coming for you, and it hits the door. And, you you know. get moments where you can settle for you know, but even then, like you know, you can't really. Oh, rest, yeah. You, know, you don't get that. No, rest. you never get a rest. You, just you, you rarely killing. get a rest. No. It's, 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 and it's one of those scary movies where like people are getting picked off one by one. And the book of the Necronomicon is it's a really cool prop. I love the look of the book. You know, you just can't go into a like a, a hotel in the middle of the woods and find a book and start quoting from it. And you just it's it's reckless. It uh, it wound up in one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies too, like six or seven. Oh, that's right. They there were um um like little homage like homage yeah. homages actually. Sorry. <laughs> there were homages to the Evil Dead. Yeah, and then they went back and returned yep. the favor or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, the prop, the actual book was in one of the movies, and the the reason that Evil Dead because people. Like no, I'm thinking of something different thing because there was a there's a movie with the poster. <clears throat> there's some sort of story where like there, there's a movie with an Evil Dead poster. And then I think Sam Raimi maybe in Drag Me to Hell like returned it. Okay. With yep. Yeah, I don't know. In uh, Evil Dead Two, yeah, uh, because the I forget which studio, whoever had the rights to the first oh, Evil Dead. Gosh, who knows? Um, when they were making independent Evil, all the way, they were making Evil Dead Two. Sam Raimi didn't own it. Um, they were making Evil Dead Two, and the whole opening sequence where they're trying to like previously on Evil Dead yeah. that whole thing, yeah. they had to reshoot everything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So they had to reshoot all that because yeah. people were like, "Oh, this is just." And, the first and Ash is like older. Yeah, like Bruce well, Campbell's, you know, six seven years older, I guess. At that they, time, they wanted to just like, oh, here's scenes from the first one, so you know what's going on, where where they're at. Yeah. But they're like, no, we own the rights, and you can't do that. So like, fine, we'll just refilm we'll just it. Refilm the. So basket. they refilmed it. And people were like, good, well, this is that, just the that's same a good movie. Trip. Yeah. But I that's like why that. it was, I didn't know that 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 was why yep. i just figured that wasn't the choice they made <laughs> but yeah i was like okay fine we can't have the original footage we won't use it we'll just reshoot it and i think that worked out well for him it I worked think. out very well it, it would have been weird to see that because bruce campbell was very young yeah. in the original evil dead to have him looking a bit older you know that chin i mean like he's still a youngish man but he wasn't like he looked like a kid in the original he yeah they were some kids that went out of the woods and shot a scary movie over a long weekend right Right, and I dig that so yeah. much. I love it. You were right. You hit the nail right on the head with Blair Witch. It feels like the Blair Witch, just low budget. Uh, I think they filmed a majority of the movie like in Michigan in their yeah. basement, and it worked. Yeah, just every. I mean, everything worked. Like the you know the the demon the, when people get demon possessed, it was creepy. You know, the girl they had to lock in the basement. Oh yeah, she was creepy. Very. It creepy. was. It but it was. Again, it was like it was that dark humor where it's like you would still you that was kind of your reprieve is when you could yes. laugh for a minute. Yeah, you weren't just scared. And that's why I liked Evil Dead Two so much because there was there were those moments where it, it's like you're allowed to laugh in this movie even more so. Usually, if you're tense and scared, you want to laugh. It makes you feel better. It's just a natural like, yeah. thing your body does. But there, you know, there's some stuff played for laughs. It break it breaks up the tension and keeps because. You know, it's easy in a scary movie to just get overwhelmed and kind of disengage from it. There's that part where it's like, you scare somebody, like, oh, here's here's a here's a piece of candy. Stay engaged. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for the candy. That works. I'll keep. I'll, I, feel I won't leave. When I went to see Annabelle, two people left the theater with like 20 minutes left in the movie. It's like, what? Are you serious? You've left the theater? Wow. What are you doing? Not what good. is wrong with you? 
You shouldn't have been allowed. It's here not in the like first they were place. leaving at the at the end of the credits. Like, oh, no. twenty minutes left to go in the movie. Maybe they've seen the movie and they're just like, you know what? I love this movie except for the last twenty minutes. Last twenty minutes. I want to bounce. I want to watch all of the stuff leading up to the end and then just <laughs> skip the resolution. You know that reminds me. Going back to Magnificent Seven for a second, if I may. Certainly. When I went to see that in theaters, I saw, <clears throat> I saw all the movie up to the part where they actually come to town after they were setting up all the traps and shit. The movie went out. That's the, <laughs> the worst. payoff. That's the worst. <laughs> so yeah. So what happened was that we were, you know, there were there weren't a lot of. There was like sixteen people maybe in the theater, and the, so the sound was still going. The picture goes out, <clears throat> and it wasn't like a Sopranos thing. Like we knew there was some technical issue going on. And you kind of sat there, and then the sound went out a few moments later. We're like, okay, we're just sitting here in the dark, all of us together. 16 strangers in the dark. Woohoo! You know, <laughs> we're calling out. So no, nobody wants to get up. Then finally, a hero stands up and walks out to go tell a manager, I guess. And, uh, you know, five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by. I'm like, damn it, I want to watch the rest of this movie. I know there's only like 15 minutes of the movie left, but it's like the part that's, that's the payoff, man. That's why I'm it's here. It's the damn third act that we're leading up to. I know what's going to happen exactly in this third act, but I still want to see it. It's Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, man. <clears throat> and uh, so they, it, so what ended up happening was there was a power short, like outage in the whole theater. So they couldn't just get it back up and going. They offered us free tickets. And I left not seeing the end of the movie. <laughs> that's a hard one. Yeah. I ended up seeing it on like Blu-ray later on though, so that's fine. And it's you know what? I called it. It was like exactly what I thought it would be. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Whatever you were talking about. I don't, yeah, I don't even remember. Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, folks. Dead 2. See it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely see it. It's yeah, a great movie. Yeah, it, it's a horror movie, uh, uh, you know, staple. Yeah, it's a fun one. Uh, it's a fun one for a reason. Uh, you know, it... It's classic. And if you dig it, there's a lot of other... It's That's one of those things that's nice. There's already... I mean, you have... Yeah, if you're a fan uh, of Sam Raimi, check out some of his other early, like, yeah. 90s, like, Darkman. Darkman really was great. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. Guess what? That's Sam Raimi, folks. Just... There, maybe you know, like the, the scenes one. where like there's some like something flying through the air, like the web or whatever. Well, they did that with an eyeball, and Evil Dead too. Yep. <laughs> an eyeball gets squished out of the girl in the basement. Yeah. It just goes flying through like camera behind the eyeball. Sam Raimi 101. There's yeah. There's a lot of blood in the second one. <laughs> yeah, there is. I like when he has his little freak out moment. That that one image that's just gonna burn in my head of Bruce Campbell. Like ah. yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's like a wide angle. Yeah. They're just like right up on his face, yep. and his eyes are bugged out completely. And he's, you're like you said, he's freaking out. Yeah, it's but great. So he's so good. Bruce Campbell's a national treasure. He especially really is. in this movie. Briscoe County Jr., baby. Can't beat him. Number four. All right. <clears throat> so this one, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears, Ooh. switching gears a little bit. Let's take it. Um, so gear. I had um, twelfth gear. That's when we kicked it in. Twelfth gear, <laughs> two brothers. So I, I had RoboCop, I had Magnificent Seven, yep. yeah, kind some of action. some action movies. Yeah. This one. It might surprise you a little bit, okay. but I, I do I, I enjoy this movie tremendously, and I enjoy the original. 
of which it was uh, remade. You've Got Mail. It was a remake of The Shop Around the Corner with yeah. Jimmy Stewart. I genuinely enjoy You've Got Mail. I will watch that movie just... I'll be sitting that there. That movie was manufactured in a lab. It was guaranteed to be a pleasing movie. And it is. It's just... It's just fun. You're watching this movie and you're going, damn it, they're manipulating me in every way. I know that every every bit of dialogue is just made to be cutesy. Mm-hmm. It's meet cute the movie is what they should call yep. it. It's just fun. I and love Tom nice. Hanks and Meg Ryan. I mean, they did it three they, times. They got us three times, folks. Oh, they, and they, this, this, I mean. <clears throat> Sleepless I, in Seattle. Joe versus, versus the volcano. And then. You've got mail. You've got mail. It's cute. It's cute. It, it was, and it's it's got, I mean, it is, you got Greg Kinnear in the mix. Yeah. He's a likable fella. Always. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a f- like. Oh, uh, Stephen Zahn. Steve Zahn. He's Steve yep, he's it. great. As the concerned. Uh, he, he works at the shop around the corner. Yeah. With uh, Meg Ryan. Long hair. Um, in a role that you don't normally see him. Yeah. In. Very small role. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. That's right. Dabney yeah. Coleman. Oh, Dabney Coleman is his dad. Is great. That's fantastic. Great I love it. And uh, I forget the actor, but the guy who played Clark Griswold's dad in uh, in Christmas Vacation mm, plays, yeah, actor, plays yeah, Tom Hanks' grandfather. Love him anyway. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those. Uh, and I Jimmy Stewart. I think I think Jimmy Stewart may be my favorite old era actor. I love Jimmy Stewart in just about. I need. I was saying the other day. Can I you do a one. Jimmy impression? Uh, no. Okay. I could work on one. You I'm, should work. On I'm gonna one. do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for you guys. In episode twelve. It's going to have... I'm going to have a Jimmy one. Stewart. going to have a Jimmy Stewart I'm going to dedicate some time to this. So I feel like a lot of people used to do Jimmy Stewart they did. impressions. But you don't he's, see it much anymore. He's, he's, a, he's from a bygone era. He is. Bygone. Um, By God, he's from a bygone era. And uh, he, I was just saying the other day, I, I need to watch more of his westerns. He did a number of westerns um, that I've, I've not seen. But I, I've watched a number... He did a, a number of films with Hitchcock. He's in my favorite Hitchcock movie. Rear window. Oh yeah. Shop around the corners. I mean, this is basically a very similar story without the internet. Oh, yeah, uh, without no, the no the sponsorship of America yes. Online. I think I think I even appreciate that just kind of as a punctuation mark to where this particular movie fits in time. It really it just, does. It, I mean, like it it will it's never super dated. Like uh, you've got mail. It's yeah. like it even. I mean, the title is you've got mail, and yeah. it's just that that little audio file. And that, every twenty minutes, you're looking at the America Online yeah. screen and logo, and you hear them dialing up. <laughs> yes. It's just great. Like, it's this just, is a wasted fifteen seconds of movie. And it's it's just. But this, I like they're they're reading the emails, but they're narrating, and yes. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are so good at that kind of thing. And, and and you have Tom Hanks knows that she's shop girl, but she doesn't know that yeah. he's, you know, how, whatever his name is. Uh, Fox. Line. Yeah. Um, the Fox. It has to do with his address. I forget what it is. Um, yeah. But. Um, he, oh, you mean his handle. His his yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Joe Fox is. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and Kathleen Kelly. They're, they're, and it's just, you know, that he, he knows. And so he kind of. He doesn't manipulate the situation, but he kind of starts working in a different way. He, and well, he figures it out. Yeah, he figures it out, and so they is that a, a, an advantage? They they start bumping into each other, and they kind of develop. They they have this rivalry because she's the small bookshop owner, and he's the big the big box store. I always felt like she took it better than a lot of people would. She put he put her out of business. I mean, like he took away her livelihood <laughs> at the shop that her she's mom. Like, I hoped it was you or whatever. Yeah, it's just like. 
You should be really pissed like at this him. Guy is a no, total... He is he has been working you and manipulating you for who knows how long. And it's it's because it's Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are like, nope, nope. They just love each other. They and just that's love it. each other. And it's just it's this because there's so I mean, like, I watch so many different types of movies. I watch action movies, I watch yeah. dramatic movies, I watch horror movies, I watch comedies, all these different things that pull me in so many different directions. I feel like You've Got Mail is one of those movies, and it's probably my favorite movie to just kind of clear the palate. Like It's a comfort I, movie. I can just put it on, and it just makes me feel good. I'm just like, it was a good movie. Oh, it's a good movie happy. for white people. Yep. <laughs> white people feeling good about things. And Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle. Who's, you know. There's your your diversity right That's there. the diversity. <laughs> we got Dave Chappelle. I believe Tom Hanks and Dave Chappelle will be friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Maybe. But yeah, that's. I was like, you know, I, I like it. That that's a good one. That's that's. I think happy. that's my favorite remake that you brought up so far. It makes me happy. It makes me happy too. I remember seeing it in theaters, being jazzed about it. It's like as a fan of you know their other movies they were together. And Tom Hanks was like could do no wrong in yep. this period of time. This is this may be Meg Ryan's last good movie. This is pre jacking up her face with against the ropes <laughs> with Omar Epps. Yeah, I don't care about that one. It was terrible, but th- this was like. You know, Meg Ryan for a number of years, probably through the mid '80s, mid to late '80s, to most of the '90s, she was, you know, she was that girl next door. You know, yeah, she, she really was. That was her. That was her reason for being famous. Cute as a button, always. And I, I even like struggled through that. What was that City of Angels movie with Nick Cage? Oh yeah. God, that movie's sappy, but I mean, she made it so watchable and enjoyable because just you want to love Meg Ryan. Yeah, she's. I mean, because she's she played. I mean, every character that she played was just Meg Ryan. I mean, that's just, true. Just, yeah, yeah. She's kind of like um, Jennifer Aniston in that yeah. respect. When Harry met Sally, I'm just being Meg Ryan. Kate and Leopold. I haven't seen that one. Proof of Life. That was that. I think I've seen. That was where she met Russell Crowe, and they had their little little mm, thing. They had a thing. They had a thing because I think she was she was married to Dennis Quaid. That's right, for a number of years. And then yeah. her and Russell Crowe. I didn't together. know that. And I, there was just, a, I just there thought was they thing. might still be together. I think there was a thing there. Uh, um, so yeah, you, you've you got broke mail. out my little 80. That, like those two and uh, Kurt Russell and, and Goldie Hawn. Those are like yeah. two two couples you could count on. You could just put them on like a, like a Snuggie. Right, right before You've Got Mail was Hurley Burley. Meg Ryan was in Hurley Burley in 1988. I kind of want to see that now. I just don't. based on the title. Nope. <laughs> Hurley Burley. I was watching the. Tele- I want to find all the copies and burn them now. So I was can't. watching the uh, the television show A Minute with Stan Hooper with my uh, one of my comedic favorites, Norm Macdonald. I was oh, watching that the other day. Norm Macdonald. And uh, you pulled me back in with Norm Macdonald. I love me some Norm Macdonald, and he was. He I was hate loving one. people just by you know being adjacent to something I love. <laughs> Hurley Burley was Hurley the word he, Burley. he was trying to use that word in, in his television minute with If Stan he Cooper. said that I would laugh. It was Hurley Burley. If Hurley Burley was a movie store in Norm Macdonald. Oh, I'd watch it all day long. All damn all day, long. day. All day long. All damn day. All right. So yeah, you've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. I liked it. It comes on cable all the time. I I don't change the channel. I own it. I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> when too. I bought the Blu-ray because it had the DVD for the shop around the corner in it. Oh, cute. So I got to watch it. Sorry, it's from the Godfather. It's <clears throat> when the uh, when the movie producer realizes that Tom Hagen is an emissary of Vito Corleone. You know? It's just before the horse's head ends up in the bed with all the bloody sheets. You know, wakes up and it's ah 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 ah. 
Never mind. Okay, now things are getting a little tricky. Because um, you were going to go with You've Got Mail next, weren't no, you? I wasn't. I knew it. I'm glad I beat you I to it. I wasn't, but okay. Um, I don't know if it fits into the, uh, the, the parameter of not making it eligible, but I, I, I don't think it does, but we'll see what you say. I'm going to go with the J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek. No, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a superhero movie. No. But, no, you know, it, that totally worked. Okay, cool. I'm I, totally I, fine with that. I really, I, now yeah. I've never been a huge Star Trek fan. I don't watch the, any of the series on television. Either. I like Next Generation a little bit. It was okay. Uh, but the movies have always been entertaining and fun. You know, even the original cast. I mean, they were, they were usually always entertaining and fun. And uh, then it carried on with the Next Generation. They had their movies come out. Then the movie started kind of getting sucky, and then and then the franchise. It was stale, and it wasn't cool. It was not that it was ever cool, except for a couple movies in the eighties. It was cool, uh, but it was always like second fiddle to Star Wars. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So when I heard that they were rebooting Star Trek, and by the way, they're talking about rebooting Star Trek yet again with you know Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. He was directing. I think it's the same cast. I think it's a continuation of... Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> with a, an R rating. Oh, jeez. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. He is confirmed. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't, he can confirm it, but I can't believe Quentin, he's we think a liar. You're full of, we think you're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're full Quentin. of horse shit. That's uh, what you are. I hope that this episode, a spider picks it up in the search engine and Quentin Tarantino and it's going to just say, you're a fucking liar, Quentin. Quentin Tarantino is full of horse shit. Buried deep within this episode, two hours into the episode. Is what we really want to talk about. He's going to be pissed at us. He will be. He's going to be so he's pissed. He's kind of a scary guy. He is. He's not like a big guy, but he's he's edgy. But he's I had think, too much caffeine. I think we would all like he, when he was like, "Oh, you guys worked in a video store too?" Okay. We <laughs> I do have, love that aspect. Of we're we're in a, we're in a brotherhood. We are kind of in a brotherhood. Both so we still love you. Stores. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, I do love Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I can't wait to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's, I want to know what it's about. I, know. I don't know the I don't know what the story is. And I, well, when originally they they were talking about his new movie, and it seemed to me that it was going to be about Charlie Manson. That that was the headline. Then you start seeing that first trailer, and you're like, they don't even really show Charles Manson. Yeah, I'm like, it's got Sharon Tate in it. So what? But then in the latest trailer I saw, they you see him at least. Okay, I you see him at yet. least. So he's in. The, I knew he was okay. in the movie. I know they casted him. Anyways, so but yeah, J.J. Abrams, who who is already known. For, um, you know, well, let's see. No, no, he hadn't done Star Wars yet. No. But he was, he was he, just a he, cool he guy. Was a, like he was he a made, good, he was a big name. He was a guy you could kind of rely on to just make Alias. Steven Spielberg movies. He's a Steven Alias. Spielberg guy. Yeah, yeah. Cloverfield, one of my favorite movies, period. Uh, and, you know, Bad Robot, like he'd done a bunch of good TV stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah, when he did Star Trek, they, 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 they hipped it up a little bit. They yeah, made it a did. little more modern. Uh, you got Chris Pine, who I think feel like that was the movie that kind of got him discovered. He really wasn't known. Like, he had a Chris he, Hemsworth he had appearance. Been, he had been around, but he hadn't really made a good name for himself. Right. Okay. That makes. Uh, I can buy that. Uh, now, who's the guy that plays Spock? I forget his name, but he was in Zachary Quinto. Yeah, Zachary Quinto. I like him. I, I've he always was a good liked Spock. Him. He was in that show. Was Heroes. It Heroes. Yeah, he was good in that. He was the bad guy in that. He no, was he the was bad, a good guy bad guy. In that. Um, so he played Spock. So right off the bat, you got two great castings of of those two guys as as Spock and Kirk. Really good. But then you know you get uh, who played Bones. He was a Carl Dread. Urban. Yeah, he was great. 
Um, unfortunately, you got the little like Scotty guy. He he died recently. That's sad. The actual Scotty guy? Or... Oh no, 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 no. The, the you're, younger you're, version. You're talking did. about. Uh, um, oh, it's because Simon Pegg played Scotty. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of uh, the little Russian guy. Little Russian guy. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll think of his character and his name. Sorry. Yeah, so he he passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, Simon Pegg was a great casting as Scotty. Um, and, and it was fun. The, the the action sequences or action, you know, it was there was a lot of action in it. But there was still a little, there was a bit of scientific, you know, thing. I mean, there, there was the time travel stuff. Yep. Which I think some people had problems with, but it allowed him to actually get Leonard Nimoy to pop up in the movie later. Anton Yelchin, that's the kid's okay, name. Okay. See who he's, I'm going to see who he played. Figure out the actual Star Trek character that he did. It was like Chekhov? Chekhov, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So there we and, go. And, and like, he, to me, he was never like the central reason. <clears throat> he was probably sixth in line that I was interested in. I, I, mean, like, I love just about everything he's done. And the villain was um, a guy who was in, uh, he, he was the Incredible Hulk, the first Incredible Hulk movie with Ang Lee. Uh, Eric Bana. Yeah, Eric Bana was the villain. He was really good. And, and so, Zoe Saldana. Did you say her already? I may have missed. I didn't know, but she was. She played uh, Hora. Yeah, and she's great. Hey, you want to make a lot of money? Just paint and Zoe Saldana. <laughs> paint her a different color and slap her in your movie. Make a shitload of money. I love her. I love her a lot. But you know, she wasn't painted in the Losers. <clears throat> the movie was great. It was didn't great. Make any money though? No. They should have painted Jeffrey her Dean green Morgan. or blue or something. <sighs> Avatar. So yeah, so I, I love I love a Star Trek movie where they slip in some Beastie Boys. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go wrong with Beastie Boys. No, ever not at all. So yeah, they, it's it's an origin movie. They're all younger. Uh, you get a, you get to look at uh, you know you you see Kirk being born with Chris Hemsworth. He was the captain of the ship before. Um, and I, it it was a very very effective reboot of a very popular and beloved franchise john cho he was sulu too he was sulu yeah, and he cho. was good from from harold and kumar yeah the whole it was, it was spot great on cast. casting really great it was cast. really good casting and, and then they had good and they stuck together through three movies the last one <coughs> the second one was great i liked it a lot because uh, you know they brought in Khan. they kind of brought Khan yeah. back with uh benedict cumberbatch and uh, Alice but, Eve, they had her in there. The second one, yeah. People are upset because like she just like got nude suddenly out of nowhere. <laughs> but I if you get it. Alice Eve, I mean, why not? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was. I didn't see what people's problem. No, no, keep her clothes on. Yeah. What is that? Oh come on. Let's not be gratuitous, fellows. Take your shirt off, Chris Pine. Let's make this even. There we go. So uh, yeah, the story was good. The action was great. Casting was phenomenal. The directing was JJ, so you know you're gonna get some lens flares, but you're gonna get some good shit too. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, who who was the captain who recruited Kirk on Earth? Uh, he's in stuff too. I like yeah. him. He, I like him in a lot of things. He's, he's a very Dennis Quaid like. He's, he's character. one of those guys you'll just see all over the place. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He played the president in the second uh, National Treasure movie. Oh, yeah. He was in that awful Stephen King adapted Netflix movie where he, oh yeah, there's a girl tied to a bed and he dies of a heart attack. Yeah, she's like chained there. Uh, Carla Gugino. She was yeah, I like me some Carla Gugino. She was in Sin City. And the Haunting of Hill House. Was she topless in the Haunting of Hill House? I don't think so. I win. You do. <laughs> so anyways, but uh, Henry Thomas was in the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. 
stupid turd. Human piece of shit. Yeah, he's a big. <laughs> he's a big white, white dog, dog turd. <laughs> My favorite ever description of E.T. Damn you, Henry Thomas. That's Star Trek. Star Trek. I, you know, it feels kind of cheap because it was such a big movie. It was huge. And... Uh, I'll be. I'll be honest. I never watched any of the shows. I don't know why, but I have some frame of reference for Deep Space Nine. Hmm. I feel like that was like now that sounds interesting because isn't that one where it's like a it's like a truck stop kind of you know they're not I really so. voyaging anywhere they're just like yeah. in a station and uh, I I think it was I think that was the iteration of the show that was on when I was a kid mm-hmm. so it was when I was like I never sat down and watched episodes I just feel like whenever I was watching other shows like they were either preceding or coming after it. so it's like so that, oh that's what you think of star trek when you think yeah. of star trek and deep space nine, deep space nine just is next kind of generation like, is, yeah. i mean because i'm a few years older than you so that makes sense but uh i never watched any of the older movies uh oh really no I, you haven't I, seen any, I haven't seen you haven't any seen of the, the first original. three nope. first three are great i haven't seen first any four of those. really good i haven't seen any of the picard and all his crew i haven't seen any of those movies and for the longest time, I hadn't seen, I, I didn't see any of the new ones until after all three were already out. Okay. Um, and I finally just said, you know what, um, I'll check these out because I feel like I could actually enjoy these. And I went and I watched them. I was like, yeah, these are fantastic. I didn't they, like the third. Like, they, the they, part where Chris Pine was like riding a motorcycle. I'm like, what the fuck is happening now? They, they decreased in value as they progressed. Yeah. Um, and not... Not so much so that you would just say, man, screw it, I'm not watching this. I thought but two, it was enough to... I, no, I actually thought two raised it a bit. Like, it does that thing in sequels where the first one's good, really good. And sometimes, like, you'll get, like, that Terminator 2 or Aliens effect where, like, they really up the ante in the second one. And it's they, it's, it's you got better. Ben, you got Benedict Cumberbatch, so you're taking yeah, it Yeah, but you can't complain. What are you complaining? You got Doctor Strange, but crying out loud. So, yeah, sure Star not. Trek. Focus. Xenolinguistics. You have no idea what that means. Study of alien languages, morphology, phonology, syntax. Means you've got a talented tongue. I'm impressed. For a moment there, I thought you were just a dumb hick who only has sex with farm animals. Wow. Not only. <laughs> or what's your final pick? My final pick. Your numero uno. Numero uno. And I watched the original of this one today as well. Okay. Um, was and I think because it's it's just um, it's it's one of those it's funny because it's not necessarily like my favorite movie of all time or um, even my favorite franchise but it's it just such a good movie all around and the original was as well Ocean's Eleven mm. um, and it's <clears throat> I mean so Ocean's the original had Frank Sinatra Frank Sinatra and, uh, um, Joey Bishop Peter Lawford. Um, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Sammy Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, right. had, so, had the so Rat the, Pack the guys. Rat Pack, basically. And then, you know, there were Norman Fell, who was Mr. Roper. Now, I actually, like, heard that movie sucked. It wasn't very good. <clears throat> it's, well, it's it's one of those where, uh, you know, they were um, they were marketing the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, the the outcome of it is much, much less uh, appealing. Um, it, it's one of those, it was made in 1960. And you're at the height of uh, the Rat Pack mm-hmm. popularity. They cater to a lot of that. Sure. Um, uh, it's it's not a woke. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we talk about watching movies from a long time ago, and you can't look at it through 2019. Dean Dean Martin he plays he plays a, uh, a lounge singer in a in a uh, a casino. A yeah. So all that you know, they were all in the same military unit. They're going to rip off these five casinos. They do so successfully. Just um, copious amounts of alcohol constantly. Yeah, everybody's smoking, everybody's yeah. drinking the whole time. It, it's one of those where it's like it's an it's it fits with the 1960s motif that 
there's not a lot that happens. Yeah. So it's when I was like, when people watch the the one with George Clooney, Brad Pitt, yeah. that whole, I mean, it's a cast of a lot of big names and a lot of, you know, big personalities that come together in really interesting, fun ways. And Steven Soderbergh is fantastic with heist movies. Yeah. I mean, just like that, we, when that yeah. came out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is to manage this level of cast, you know, and even even like the second tier guys, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, um, you know, all, all of those, you know, the Don Cheadle, uh, Bernie Mac, you know, you, you've got, you've still got so many big names and so many big personalities. I love John Cheadle's, that accent that he oh, puts yeah, on. Oh, yeah, the basher. Yeah. Oh, I mean, every <clears throat> part of that. And and really, the se- I didn't care for the second one as much as I did the first one. Did you say Matt Damon? Did you? Shout Matt, out Matt uh, I don't know if I did or not. Okay, if I he's did, in it too. Matt Damon is in it. I love that he's he's kind of the uh, the young new generation. He's, he's 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 the anxious kid who wants to get in with the game. Old Linus. Linus. Yep. But it, the his character really progressively gets. Yes, he he gets more integral and more yes. entertaining and yes. um, has more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's such a good capable franchise. Even by the time you get to the third one, which really doesn't have a whole lot of point to it. They just brought in um, Al Pacino, and they, it was it was a good movie. I, I liked it better than Ocean's it was, Twelve. You know, it's it's um, even a, a even the worst Ocean's Eleven movies better than yeah. sixty to seventy percent of oh, other movies. And I was I was skeptical when they said they were going to do Ocean's Eight. I didn't see it in theaters, but I picked it up. Was Julia Roberts in the second one? She was. That, okay. Yep. That was a weird little thing they did where they she kind of played Julia Roberts yeah. the non-celebrity then, but then they also kind of hinted they, that they had Julia Roberts they pretended that like oh Tess looks just like Julia Roberts it was kind yeah. of this weird like yeah. sort of breaking the fourth wall but right. not Very so it was kind of a weird device and I, I didn't like because one of the things that always drives me nuts about a movie like that especially because the first one was so well done mm-hmm. is if you're following along you can see what they're doing you can you know, like it's not like you have to figure it out, but in the second one, I didn't like because the whole thing was they had to steal that egg. Um, that was the hell, I did enjoy the French guy though. Oh, he was he was great. <laughs> um, he was the, the one man foil to their team. Oh, he and <laughs> I, I, I liked because um, he normally plays a pretty dark character in, in the things that I've seen him in. Really, um, I don't yeah. know if I've ever seen him in anything else. I, he, I've seen I've seen him pop up in a number of other places. He was uh, he was in the um, the most recent Bourne movie actually. Um, but uh, he's he usually plays a really dark guy, and it was more of a fun thing. And I liked how they toyed back with him. But I, I didn't I didn't like in the second one where oh hey here's how we beat you, and you had no like you weren't privy to any of it. Oh they got on the train. That's how it was like. It's cheap. It's one of those like cheaper, yeah. I, I don't like that as much. It was like okay well I didn't see any of that, so I couldn't know how you guys did this. Yeah. And I was like and I I you know I appreciate you took me down one path while you guys were going down another. But I was like. At no point did I have a vantage point to see, oh, you're going over there. Oh, I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. Like, nope, it was just, oh, here's the reveal. It's like, oh, you did a bunch of stuff I just couldn't see. Okay, right, well, right. that kind of takes away from that heist. It feels, like, it doesn't, you know, it's, again, it's it's enjoyable, but it, it's not as, it's just not as good as the yeah. first one. You know, you, you when you get to follow, because I they, they feel like they went back to it in the third one, like you get to follow along with what they're doing. So you're you're privy to the things and you can see how things are unfolding. And so you're you're right there with them, and yeah. I feel like when they distance you from that, like you're just separated. Like, oh, okay, well, I'll wait for them to tell me how they did it. Yeah. It's like when they keep you involved, it just makes the movie feel, you know, like yeah, oh. because at that point now you're really involved and things just not going wrong. Yeah, 
It's like, okay. Like, okay, well now we we know it's supposed to happen. What little hiccups in the plan are we going to get to see them wiggle yep. their way out of? That's kind of the fun of the movie. <clears throat> if things just went perfectly, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was well, anticlimactic, right. I guess. Cool. They stole a bunch of stuff. Good for them. Good job, guys. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then, because I was, I wouldn't say I was skeptical about Ocean's 8. I but still haven't seen it. It, it. it had just, it had been so long since Ocean's had been a, a thing and it was so it was like it was almost like that was kind of a reboot in and of itself because it's kind of was yeah it was i mean a whole new generation but it's, loose, it's tied it's tied to it yeah. they reference danny and they reference all that stuff so they they give you nods back to it but uh there's one big reason why i haven't watched it it better not be because of sandy bullock <laughs> sandy bullock <laughs> We know someone who probably enjoyed it quite a bit. Jerry loves It's his favorite Oceans He movie. raves about it. <laughs> raves. Won't stop. You Won't start talking up. about Oceans, it's going straight to eight. Skipping it's 11, 12. It's his favorite 30. heist movie. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, is it? Now, is Soderbergh involved in the Oceans 8 at all? Uh, I feel like he was. Okay. Maybe th- as a producer. I think, I think, yeah. I don't think he directed, but I think he was, he was involved in some capacity. Because I was, I really enjoyed, they had, a, they put together a fun new cast mm-hmm. with, um, Sandy Bullock, uh, Kate Blanchett, yeah. Rihanna, um, uh, what's her face? It's in all the uh, uh, American Horror Story movies or shows. Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Pauly. Yeah, Pauly? Sarah yeah. Pauly. Oh, yeah, like she it. was, yeah. she was in it. She was good. Um, Aquafina, <laughs> she was in it, and she was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so, but it was. I was. I was skeptical. She was like the techie, right? Yeah. Or no, Rihanna was. Oh. Okay. Uh, she was kind of a grifter. She was a. a um, was she, she the sleight of hand? Yeah, one she day? was the sleight of hand. Yeah, okay. She, um, she had that down, and so it was the Linus character. Yes. <laughs> um, if you took a, a, a Linus made him Asian, then uh, that would be mm, Aquafina. I don't know why and a, I didn't and see a woman, this movie. And a woman. Oh, and, um, oh, gender an swap. Gender swap. If you took Matt Damon and made him an Asian woman, <laughs> same character. Other than that, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. But it was. I, I was. Uh, I guess in some capacity, I was skeptical just because it was when I was like. Are you are you gonna you know by the time we got to thirteen I enjoyed it but I had this self awareness that it was not necessary mm-hmm. I was like I could just okay this is fun or this whatever got to be the last one but it's, yeah it's like we don't need any more than this right. it's like certainly this well is drying up at this point I thought I wanted a third one but now I'm just cool <laughs> it's okay it's like um, having a th- that third or fourth piece of pizza yeah you're like, it sounds good but then you're eating it and you're halfway through it and you're like why did I eat this pizza. And then I'm like, God, I shouldn't have five and six, but then I do. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, where did the But whole, I loved one through four. Where did the whole pizza go? Oh, Jesus Christ. See, I'm on this diet, man, so like I can't I can't go past three pieces anymore. Sorry. That's my max cutoff. Sorry. I know. I can't even have half a pizza what anymore. What new hell is this? <laughs> it's the it's the non-fat hell I'm trying to make my self into. I don't oh, know. I was, I'm doing this to myself. I was watching the disorderly is the other day. Fat boys are back. <laughs> Great movie. It is good. But the three of them order like 11 pizzas. Isn't there like a big actor in that movie? I won't say big actor, but was, who was who in that? The the old guy. Yeah, who was, was the old guy? He was one of the brothers from Trading Places. You can't think of his name. Oh, was it Don Amici? No, it was the other guy. I don't know the um, other guy. I guess that's who I'm thinking of. He's he's the quote unquote big star. Uh, Tony, um, oh, what's his name? Tony, can't think of his last name now. Uh, he was in it too. Tony Randall? No, no, no. I would not forget Tony Randall. 
looking up the cast. This is why you listen to us, folks, because you're going to get who was in Disorderly. Disorderly. The quaint little 1987 comedy Tony Plana. starring the Tony Fat Plana. Boys. Uh, Tony Plana, yeah, okay. Uh, looking, looking, scanning, scanning, scanning. Is there anybody in this movie? Old man, look for the old man. <laughs> I would be so pissed if that was my credit. I'm the fucking old man. I thought I had a name. Yeah, but nobody remembers you by the name. They remember you for being he old. Does, he does have a name. Nah, I don't know. I guess that's that had to be the only guy. And it had the fat boys in it. What more do you want? But there was, it's just speaking of diets, the, the two other guys in the fat boys, one of which is he's he's quite healthy now. Is that so, right? Yes. He, the one guy died. Uh, um, well, that's a bummer. Um, he had a heart attack. Diabetes, I'm guessing. <laughs> he had a heart attack. Okay. And died. Shocker, yeah. And then the... The other guy... He committed suicide by The, by the biggest, biggest black guy died. Okay. The other black guy, he, uh, dark-skinned black guy, he is actually quite healthy and fit now. Well, and I always thought it was funny because, like, yeah, there were the two fat boys, but then there was another one that was... He wasn't healthy like, or... He, he was wasn't... Like, he was just not as fat. Yeah, he was, like, light... He, I don't know if he's a light-skinned black guy or yeah, if he was Hispanic he was, he, or something. Yeah, yeah, I think he might be a Some Maybe a Hispanic, mix of the two. Yeah. But, yeah, he was, he was just... He was a portly fellow. Yeah, he was just a little husky. That's like, all. yeah, this guy's he's he's not uh, he's not trim and fit no. like a lot of people would no, no. would think that you'd be. But uh, this kind of sticks out a little bit, like the non-bearded ZZ Top guy. Yeah. Like, what do you do? The doing? other guy. He's just the other that, guy. Uh, he's the, the guy third with the mustache. Tenor. Like, why'd you stop at the mustache? Yeah. <laughs> but there was a scene. So where, Ocean's Eight. It's your final pick. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is my final pick. I hope you were the groom. Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. All right. So now, what is what is your final pick? Oh, Ocean's Eight. He picked yeah. Ocean's Eight. <laughs> we had an over, a little overlap How there. How did you know? Uh, my final pick is uh, the 1982 uh, 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 John Carpenter flick, uh, The Thing. The Thing. Yeah. That was on my list too. I had to pick it. There were other choices, but I'll just save them for another time. I need to go back. I was one of the ones I kind of wanted to rewatch for this. It holds up insanely it well. Does. And, and they had a remake of that even, but it and it was just okay. It was fine. I think I vaguely remember that. I just yeah, I just vaguely remember too. But the first thing is it's again, it's like a master class in a horror movie. I have a lot of horror movies in my list. I didn't even just really just notice that. Look, one, two, three horror movies. It it's, I mean, what what can you say about the thing? I, I love that, well, first of all, the, the effects in the movie, the practical oh, effects yeah. and the makeup and stuff of the monsters. I watched that, and like, I still don't even really know how they do it. Because, you know, there's the scene genuinely where they're- genuinely terrifying. Yeah, I'm really disgusting. upsetting. It's upsetting. Yeah. Because there was a scene where they're doing like the autopsy, and he goes to like, take the knife, the scalpel to his chest, and his chest just like opens up, yeah. and then bites down on his arm. And, you know, like, and then his, like, something like his head dis, like, t- disconnects from his body and it grows legs, just grows legs yeah. right there in front mm-hmm. of you and scurries away. But it's, it's, it's great because it's, it balances this tension. Like, there's the horrific scenes like that, real kind of, you know, this is the kind of movie, it's the kind of scene where a lot of movies just build their whole movie on yeah. nowadays. Um, but the movie starts out. You, there's a, there's a cast. They're all in this research facility, but there's a lot of tension already between yeah. the cast members. 
So there's Kurt Russell. Who played the old guy? Who? Oh, Will, Wilford Brimley. Yes. He's in it. And uh, Wilford Brimley and, and, and Kurt Russell are the two that I remember the mainly the most. Uh, but yeah, so like there's this kind of, I think they're at the end of their tour, you know, like whatever this, the, the grant, how much time, you know, yeah. they're kind of at the end of it. So there's, there's this bit of a hostility and, and, and tension between the, and the crew and they're in the Arctic. So they're kind of stuck with one another they only go out to work and then they come back in and they're stuck. Um, so they get the distress call or something from another research facility, and that's where the alien. I guess it's an alien, right? It has to be an alien yeah. that we. Did. You know, I don't know if you very if they ever really just say it because it's buried in the snow. You know, like it. They find it buried in the snow, but it has to be an alien. It just has to be. The scene, you know, like with a dog. Yeah. It's cool because you don't really ever get to see what it does yeah. until a good bit into the movie. Yeah, you've been watching for a while. Right, because you, you know there's a there's some sort of alien parasite. There's a thing. There is a thing. Very good. And it you know that the dog is, you know, because you hear the dog's like, rrr, rrr, yeah. you know, and then you, so the dog is now, a the parasite has taken over the dog, and the dog's just sort of creepily, like, it's a good dog actor. Dog's just wandering in and out Jed. of the rooms. Jed is the dog thing. Jed. <laughs> he's uncredited though. It's a credit. He gets a name. He's uncredited. But the disorderly just gets old guy. Keith David also in the movie. Oh, love Keith David. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. He was he and Kurt Russell were the only spoiler alert. They were the two last. And just in connection in connection to something else. Yes, yes. Richard Mazur plays Clark. Oh he, yeah. He was in He's the dad in, in uh Drive uh, is it oh gosh, License to Drive, isn't that who he, it is? He's also in the nineteen ninety it. He's the guy that kills himself in the tub. You're right. Oh, it's all interconnected. Suicide. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Not had, in a tub, not anywhere. Had, not in a house, not with a mouse. <laughs> not on not the a toilet. Box, not with a box. For God's sakes, just stop it. Not in a train, not in the rain. Not while jerking off? <laughs> no. <laughs> Robin. We, we, I was going to the green eggs and ham thing. You there, were, and then and I then, took uh, it to a jerking off. Thing. And then you brought it to masturbation. <laughs> and that, uh, I usually do. As you do. Almost always exclusively <sighs> masturbation. It's, it's just a thing. It's that's, your thing. If you're going to kill yourself, you might as well go with a smile. That's your thing. I think that's what the Joker said. If you're going to go, go with a smile, smile on your face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing. I, I'm not going to sit and, and talk about that. I, I, I'm tempted to just go through every scene because they're all so memorable. Um, but it, it's, it. it's like a good paranoia movie yeah and it's just interesting because you don't you just never really understand what it is you're dealing with and the movie ends sort of ambiguously like you don't you're not even really sure if kurt russell or or keith david are have the parasite yeah the movie just sort of ends where like the whole their whole like facility is burning to the ground and they're just sort of left with each other yeah and you're like, I don't know. One of them. Could I'm not sure it. what's going on yeah. here. Now I know this is a remake of, but I know nothing of the original. I don't know when it came out. I don't know who made it. Uh, my hunch is it's probably like the Seven Samurai. It's probably like a foreign film, and it may not actually be like a U.S. Like I, I could probably look that up. Well, one of, one of the things that because uh, um, that I really enjoyed about it is uh, in the first Halloween movie. Um, when the, uh, what's her face? Uh, Jamie the Curtis, she's, she's babysitting and she's got the little boy there. He's watching the original thing. Oh, on is that TV. right? Yeah. Neat. 
So it's it's one of those like just in that in that little nod, um, I like that there's you know that John Carpenter has a connection to um, to the to so the source. So there's a movie material. called The Thing from Another World from 1951. I wonder if that's what it's from. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in the uh, re- the most Joel Edgerton. Really? Maybe I should go back and watch this thing. That's interesting. Uh, that, I love those two actors right there. But I just remember it being like, meh, just not the same. The practical effects, because I think they were, um, uh, what's his name, Winston? Um, Zetamore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, special effects guy. Stan Winston? Stan Bush. Stan Bush. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Stan Winston who won the Academy Award for American Werewolf in London. Um, obviously, one of the just premier visual effects guys, makeup and visual effects. So if you're into that, don't see the remake because I'm sure it's just CG stuff all all across. I doubt they went to the trouble to make any of that stuff like actual, you know, practical effects. Yeah. It's just not something you do nowadays. And eight years ago was when it came out, 2011. Yes. So it's probably really dated looking now. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. There's a pair. George Lucas has got a hold of it. Oh, it's floating across the room. Look at that. I'm going to slice it with my mind power. blue screens because of the pair. Because of the pair. I always wondered why they went with the blue screen, not a green screen. Because blue screens are sadder. Like, I'm making this sad special effects movie that everybody thought they wanted for a long, long time. How you doing, old boy? I don't know who to trust. I know what you mean, Blair. Trust's a tough thing to come by these days. All right, those are our ten... That's it. That's, that's a pretty that's interesting list. It, it's, you know, I, I went with the thing. That's a pretty obvious one. It was um, on my list, too. I... Yeah, I mean, you, you have to bring up the thing. It, I, w- I, I nearly went with a couple. I, I, was, I kept my list to 11 so I could sort of on the fly pick my five. And uh, the thing, I, I was like, I know I got to put it on my list. I just got to it because it is such a good movie. And I watched it recently, and it's, it, damn it, it holds up so well. And, and this is like post- you know, Disney Kurt Russell. I, he did, I'm trying to remember which came first. Was it uh, Escape from New York or was it The Thing? But John Carpenter, like, that was yeah. there. They had this weird, you know, unexpected chemistry, the two of those guys. Yeah. They, you know, they, they made good movies together. And they, they once again came back together for Little Big Trouble, Little China. Yep. Uh, and then they'd escape from L.A., which I actually haven't seen. But, I mean, I think it has its fans. Yeah, you did. If you saw Escape from New York, you saw Escape from LA. Okay, <laughs> basically the same. It's, I mean, because uh, I've I've watched all of them. Well, he serves in Escape from LA. Yes, he does. <laughs> makes, seeing that in, like, makes it a wildly different film. Boo! It, it's I mean, it's still good. It was one of those that was. It's not like remakes or but Snake an, Plissken's a fun character. It's he's a like, fun character. He's kind of like Ash. Yeah, it, it's one of those like he's a character worth revisiting. I even I think I've heard in recent years that they've been toying around with bringing him back again, which I wouldn't be totally against. He's a fun character. He, you know, he's, Kurt Russell um, had, he's had kind of a resurgence in the last few years anyways. Yeah. He's been in a number of 
decent things that I've enjoyed him uh, when he's popped up. So he he's not one of those guys like, oh no, Kurt Russell, you're done. No, he's yeah. he, you can still have him in things. He's still got that luxurious hair. He does. He's got a flowing <laughs> mane. <laughs> like a lion. Yes. Yeah, the giant uh, bone hawk, bone something tomahawk in a movie and a giant mustache. Oh, yeah. I remember watching uh, one of those, uh, that Jimmy Kimmel, where they read angry tweets or mean tweets, something like that. And someone has said, Kurt Russell's face looks like it's made out of worn denim. And he, <laughs> he just agrees that it is. And I think it, it, I think it very well made I'm sure it. he enjoyed that, actually. Yeah, I feel like he probably did. Because he's sort of playing like these like John Wayne-ish type yeah. characters a number of times. I think John Wayne would appreciate that. Yeah, he's an old, he's an old, old cowboy. Old denim face. Old denim face Russell. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, well, uh, we have plenty of other ones to revisit that topic yes. at another time. So that's our that's that's that segment. We're moving on to. I think we've already described what the third new segment is. It's it's a quiz. We're gonna do like a little little game. We're gonna do some trivia. We're gonna call it "Seen It," spelled S E E. Yep. <laughs> that or, that's or maybe that title's something pending. else. We we can change that. It might be something else. Time. It's probably gonna be something else. Might be. <laughs> but you're looking forward to that. A little bit not interactive, really. But you know, you you can uh, you can play along at you home. You can play along, and I love listening to podcasts where I get to play along. Yeah. Because you know, I, we get to be stupid. While everyone else who's listening is smart. Exactly. And that's, you know, who doesn't I'm love so that? so used to that. Who doesn't love that satisfaction of knowing that you're better than the other person? And guess what? You're definitively better than me. <laughs> you're not wrong. I don't even know who you are, but I know that you're better than me. Well, that's been our, like, three-hour-long episode. Hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. I did as well. It's good times. Got to talk about Batman 89 for Got a good long bit. to talk about suicide. We got to talk about Jonathan Brandis once again. We got to talk a little bit about masturbation and suicide. We really covered the suicide gamut. We're against it. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to do it, masturbate. <laughs> I'm still 100% against suicide. I've been your sheepish, sheepish co-host, Ron Avis. And I've been a wolf in sheep's clothing, Adam Peterson. We'll see you next time. Hit it, Mitch.